banned from driving. Cyclist Bart had a lucky escape when he was run over by a lorry. I screamed, I was at wheels. A leaked report into claims that hardline Muslims tried to infiltrate schools in Birmingham is said to have found evidence of so co- of, of coordinated action to introduce what it describes as an aggressive Islamist agenda. The report was commissioned by the Department for Education. The Israeli army has begun its first major ground operation in Gaza for more than five years. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says the aim is to destroy tunnels used by the militants to attack Israel. Controversial roadworks in Hemel Hempstead that caused businesses to lose thousands of pounds have been branded a complete waste of money. This weekend, a street festival is being held in the Old Town for the official opening of the new High Street. The scheme's been beset with problems since the work began last June. These businesses say they've yet to see an upturn in trade. There's not much difference now. My uncle, they sold their shop to someone else now. They lost too much. I'll say it's a waste of money, especially when they put a new gate there. They need that, did we? They don't seem to be flying back, don't they, used to? I think there's a lot of businesses already gone down along here whilst it's all been happening. A memorial service is being held today for the son of a Luton woman who died in Nepal last year. The body of 23-year-old Matthew Allpress was found earlier this year in the mountains where he'd been trekking. Friends and family will be attending the service in Australia where Matt lived. In football last night, Luton Town beat Hitchin 5-0 in their friendly. And the dream of the One Direction singer, Lewis Tomlinson, to own his favourite football club, has collapsed. The singer and a former Doncaster Rovers chairman, John Ryan, failed to raise enough money for the takeover ahead of the deadline. The weather, a hot and humid day with good sunny spells and a risk of one or two heavy thundery showers. Temperatures up to 32 Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Absolutely picturesque, beautiful bridge to drive over. It's all about where you live. Nice quiet village just on the outskirts of Bedford Town Centre. And all this week we're featuring some of our North Bedfordshire villages. It's always been a lovely village, local, you know, and uh, quiet. It actually has everything anyone could want in a village. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let me just look at my pie chart. Where are we? Uh, where are we in the show? Let's just have a little look. Hang on, that's the third hour, second hour, six o'clock. Um, Sting, uh, big tour, trail, intro. We're on the we're on the intro now. Okay, so just know where. Uh, intro and or bants. Sorry. Intro and or bants. It's uh, it's Friday, so it's intro. Okay. You actually have one. Sorry. You've actually got one. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. How, how do you think I do? How do you think I know what to do in the show each day? I've got a pie chart, of course. Just follows the instructions. Oh, I thought you were clever. No, 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 no. no. Just following the instructions. No, no. I wouldn't, wouldn't, not allowed to think for myself. We're not doing bants. It's intro. For goodness' sake, oh, ruin this now. Anyway, coming up on the show this morning, angry, angry cyclists. It says in there that I've got to mess up the intro on the thing, so I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm with it. Angry, angry cyclists. Furious, furious shopkeepers and flying, flying ants. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. That was, Ker- that was Kelly. Did you do a belch? No, I didn't. I was just making a weird sound. I had no idea that my mic was on. It's, on the, it's on the pie chart. Your mic, your mic goes on Kelly's weird sound, so oh. I don't know why you sound surprised, so surprised. So, uh, where are we? We've done uh, the big tour, we've done intro, messing up the intro, Kelly's weird sound, 
little bit of bants. Um, and then at uh, 6.05 and 26 seconds, I uh, say what's happening on the pie chart. Doing that now. Then it's a song. Lovely.
That's uh, Elton John and Sacrifice there. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Now, campaign groups are calling for tougher sentencing after a BBC uh, investigation found you've got less than 50% chance of being jailed if you hit and kill a cyclist. There have been 20 deaths, uh, such deaths in the three counties since 2007. 15 of those drivers were convicted, but only nine went to prison. Mark Turner is chief exec of the Road Victims Trust. Morning, Mark. What's your reaction to this? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Um, well, my reaction is that the, the courts at the moment have a, a really, really wide range of sentencing available to them at given times because of some of the issues that have been caused over the years. And um, things have changed um, relatively recently, whereby the powers are there for the courts to send people to jail and to send people to jail for significant periods of time. So why isn't it happening? It's difficult to say. I mean, every case is different and every case has to be judged on the unique circumstances. And there are always are unique cir- circumstances with road death. If someone, for example, commits the worst possible offence, death by dangerous driving, the, the starting point for any uh, custodial sentence tends to start, if it's the worst possible case, with the worst possible aggravating features, at around about eight years. So the sentencing powers are there for courts, but, you, you know, clearly each case is then judged on its individual circumstance. Well, according to this investigation, Mark, the average length of sentence for those who actually get sent to prison is two years. Yes, that's correct. And again, that will, that will vary greatly on what the actual charge was. Because it's not just a case of everybody being charged with dangerous driving. No. There's, uh, there's death by careless driving as well. There's a certain mitigating circumstances. There's certain circumstances which are much, much worse th- than others. But, of course, the, the, the thing about all of this is there's no such thing as an accident. Every one of these is a collision. And every one of these involved some type of human error. But, of course, it's that level of error that the courts will look at. And they'll take all mitigating circumstances into uh, into um into their considerations before passing sentence. I'm interested that you say there's no such thing as an accident. Can you expand on that a bit? Well, the term accident tends to get used to suggest... uh, People still use the term road accidents. Now, an accident is when I accidentally trip over or spill something down me. That's an accident. A collision is something totally different altogether. Now, Now, invariably in a collision, there will be an element of some type of carelessness. Sometimes it's a lot more than carelessness. Sometimes it's pure, flagrant disregard for the law and recklessness. Now, the courts have to decide and the CPS have to decide after a road death exactly where that fits in along, along that scale somewhere. But each one of these is a collision and we never refer to them as accidents. Do you have any sympathy for the, the car drivers involved in these situations? Well, it's not a case of having sympathy. Our sympathy is at the Road Victims Trust. We provide free emotional and practical support to people who are affected by road deaths. So it's not just uh, the people, uh, the families of people who are killed. It's anyone who's witnessed it. That can include drivers in certain circumstances, in certain circumstances, I should add. And we provide that across Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Cambridgeshire. People we have the sympathies for are the people whose lo- uh, loved ones have lost their lives on the road, and it's absolutely important we give them the best possible attention. But supposing it, it's the uh, fault, it's the carelessness rests with the cyclist. Uh, the, the you know he's just gone pulled out in front of a, a, a car, and the car had no chance to see him or stop, and that person's been killed. Kind of going off on a slight fantasy here, but but yep. that driver's. Uh, life has been uh, impacted negatively, hasn't it? Yes, it has, yes. The, the, you know, whenever there is a collision, 
whenever there's a collision, yes, and, and there is a death resulting from it. There are many, many people who are affected by that. Of course, there's the close family of the people who've lost their loved ones. That's obvious, and they're the people that we support, and they're the primary people we support. But as you rightly say, there are loads of others mm. whose lives are absolutely affected. And that's where the circumstances differ so so widely, and that's that's the important thing to note around any sentencing. Mark, I really appreciate your time this morning. It's, it's certainly given us something to think about. Thanks very much. OK, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. It's Mark Turner, Chief Executive of the Road Victims Trust, 08459 455 555. We talked about cycling the other week, didn't we, and about how uh, about half of you, according to a, uh, a fun survey, half of you are too scared to go on your bikes. Are we speaking to Scoynes later on? Yep, he said we could give him a call. He's going to be cycling in again today. Okay. Scoynes, Paul Scoynes, political reporter, is cycling in. And are we mentioning both incidents that happened to him? Well, I don't know. Are we mentioning at least one of the incidents that happened we're, to him? We're going to mention last night's incident. Okay. I'm sure okay. he'll tell you about the other one. OK. Paul Scoynes, political reporter, uh, has had two, well, definitely one, possibly two. We'll, we'll see whether he wants to talk about that. Horrific incidents. The thing that happened to him last night on his bicycle. First, when I read the email, I kind of chuckled because I thought, oh, that sounds really... And then I read it again. What happened to him is horrific last night on his bike. I phoned him up. And he was obviously really, really shaken by it. I, 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 I'll let him come in and tell the story. But it's, uh, man alive, there are some idiots out there. There are some idiots. Why would anyone think that that was appropriate or fun to do? It's crazy, just because he's on his bike. Keep listening. Well, to Paul Scoynes, political reporter uh, uh, and keen cyclist, uh, had a, a, an horrific incident on his bicycle last night. I won't steal his thunder. I'll let, you, let him tell you what happened. Uh, and I, I, keep listening, because I'd be keen to know if anything similar has happened to you. 08459 455 555, BBC Three Counties Radio. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 heading northbound at the moment is closed between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 3 for Loudwater. That's due to an accident that's happened there. There is a matrix sign as well set to 40 miles per hour, so do approach that with care. The M1 at Luton Spur is building up in patches between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport as those major roadworks continue. Some disruption on the trains. Um, First Capital connects between Luton and St Pancras International. That's due to a signalling problem also affecting East Midland trains as well between Luton and St Pancras. So far, Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Right. It's 6.17, it's Friday the 18th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. America is leading a call for a ceasefire in Ukraine to investigate the downing of a Malaysian airliner. There are calls for tougher penalties on drivers who kill cyclists. And a festival this weekend welcomes in the controversial revamped Hemel Old Town. BBC Three Counties Radio. Is everybody who works on this show having trouble with uh, with the roads recently? Because we got Scoyne's story is incredible. Man alive! Wait till you hear what happened to Dealey. Was it yesterday? I don't know what happened to you. With the, the traffic warden? Yes. Was that yesterday? Yeah. In Hemel Old Town? Yeah, he's going to tell you about it. Man alive. It, it, what's going on with people? 
Every weekday from three. Spend your afternoons talking about beds, yeah. hearts and bucks. Talking amazing venue. If you haven't been to Amstel Park, get along. It's absolutely beautiful. Be discussing beautiful. the discussing biggest stories. In terms of our people, we've invested £5 million pounds to recruit new nurses. In the company of friends. Good old friends. Brown, Amanda, she went to see happy days. happy days. And debating the week's hottest topics. The biggest problem topics. Is, is actually lack of money, lack of opportunity. Where's the poor availability of training? The use of CCTV spy to catch people is to be banned. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio.
couldn't touch it, I was shocked. Yeah, my respect, boss, yeah? Get some brains, get some copper. As you know, I, I deal in fact and not fiction. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. That uh, was uh, the new one from Elton John called Sacrifice. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Uh, as you know, it's open open season this morning, Justin. People mm. can call in about pretty much anything they want. Absolutely, Elton but John, Sacrifice, it's great track. No sacrifice. <laughs> it was a double A side, Sacrifice. Do you know what? That, in actual fact, if memory serves me correct, was his first ever UK number one. Ooh. I could be I could be wrong, you but I'm convinced that's might true. Be right. Okay, so it was a double A side. What was the other A side? Uh, Oh, was it... I uh, wasn't Sleeping in the Past. That was the name of the album. Um, yes. w- was it Healing Hands? Uh, I don't think it was Healing Hands, was it? you will never know. No, oh, no now, now I'm worried I might have got this wrong then. No, I think you're right. I can't remember. What no, it well, no, because uh, I... Th- maybe maybe Healing Hands was the double A side. Possibly. Because I know the, the... How did that I, go? Well, uh, reach out for oh, the healing hands. Reach, reach out for the healing hands. And I like... And I go, touch me now. Let me feel you again. I've got the answer here if you want it. Well, no, I think it's another song. There's a first release and a second release. Oh, yeah, you're right. I think it was um, a song called Club at the End of the Street. Ooh. (laughs) I remember that one. Was that a double? Was that on the A side? No. That was was wasn't it? So what was the A side then? The A side? Of the double A side. Yes, come on. Uh, Love is a Cannibal. No, 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 no. That was the first release. Then... first release. Then... Healing Hands. So Sacrifice and Healing Hands. Well, then what was Club at the End of the Street? The double A side oh, of had a cartoon hey. video, didn't, didn't it? it? That's where we meet. <laughs> That's where we meet. Me, me and me you, you rendezvous at the club at the end of the street. It's an upbeat song performed by Elton, performed by Elton John from the album Sleeping with the Past. But then, what was that the A side of? Give peace a chance. What on earth is she talking about, Justin? Give peace she, a chance. She ruins music. That was John and Yoko. She ruins music. She ruins my life. Wow. Uh, incredible. Anyway, listen, this is what we're talking about. Not, not Elton John's excellent hits. Do you remember? I was made in England. Another brilliant album. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was it terrible. Was. It do, was great. Do, 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 you remember that? do you remember that one, uh, Catherine? I was made in England. Like a Ford Cortina. <laughs> the weird thing is about Elton John, all yes. of his albums, uh, if you look at the front covers, flamboyant front covers, yes. Made in England was just a picture of him, almost like a, a passport photograph. Yeah. What was that all about? He was made in England. <laughs> anyway, listen, we, we, we'll have time for your story now. Mm. Uh, the Hemel Roadworks. Once upon a time, councillors decided the old town of Hemel needed a spruce-up, so they closed the high street while works went ahead. Or didn't, because while the builders were often seen reading their newspapers, walking their dogs and having a doze, not much work was getting done. Well, the council found out about this, and they set up CCTV cameras to watch the workmen. Meanwhile, shopkeepers watched their profits fall. And so it went on for weeks and weeks and months and months and months. But it's finished, Ooh. and there's going to be a huge celebration, isn't there, Just? Absolutely. Um, this weekend, there's going to be a street party tomorrow, a Ooh. farmer's market on Sunday. But the weird thing is, Ian, yeah. um, the roadworks actually finished back in May. So it's taken them a few weeks to actually have yeah. this big celebration. I've been talking to locals in the area about what they think of the new look. Here's what they had to say. So, Ron, we're in the old town. Everything's now complete. 
What do you think? Are you happy? Oh, it's very smart. The gates look smart. Yeah, it looks like a nice place to come and come and you know spend some time in. Yeah. Looks in comparison good. to last year. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It's much nicer. I mean, it's what the town needs really to bring it up a little bit more. So it's worth the money. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, John, what do you think about the old town and uh, the improvements that have been made here? Are you are you a happy local? I am local, uh, but this is a waste of money. It's not improved anything. The shops are nearly gone bust. There's no proper parking. It's, it's just killed it. It's just a complete waste of money. Well, that local gentleman saying it's not impooed anything, Justin. What mm. about the businesses? <laughs> well, of course, uh, they've suffered terribly. Um, these roadworks started in the summer of last year. They were meant to finish by the end of October. It went on and on and on. Um, the roadworks themselves, they were trying to make the, the old town there one way, which is what they've done, uh, with extra parking spaces to increase business. Well, during the roadworks, people just avoided the area, so they lost thousands of pounds. The hope was that, that once the work was complete, people would go back. Um, I've been asking businesses, have things picked up? Here's what they had to say. There's not much difference now because of the one-way street. That's the big issue. That's personally what I think is one-way street made everyone stand. Literally, it's still people crying. They're still saying they, they lost a lot of business. What well, we have, like my uncle, they sold their shop to someone else now. Someone else took over the shop now. So they're not the same people now. Because they lost too much yeah, money. They lost too much. They're not here anymore. They moved to Birmingham because of this stop, because of the business lost. I mean, percentage-wise, uh, since these roadworks have been completed, how much do you think it's, it's gone up by? I'll say before we lost about 60%. Now it's probably we are back to 50-50. So it's only 10% gone up. So a waste of money? Yeah, I'll say it's a waste of money, especially when they put a new gate there. They need that, did we? Well, if that money would have been helped for another people, but people lost a lot of business like us, we lost it nearly about 70, 60 grand. They could have paid us at least a bit of it. There's a lot of people, they lost a lot of business. And there's a lot of shops been shut down in the last few months ago. There's few shops, there was a cake shop was shut down, there was a barber shop was shut down. That's because of that, isn't it? Well, here's somebody who works at the antique shop. Um, since the roadworks have been completed, the hope was people would come back. Have people come back? Are you now making money? Uh, not as much as we used to. And uh, they're not, they don't seem to be flying back like they used to. A, I think there's a lot of businesses already gone down along here whilst it's all been happening. It's the big opening party this weekend. I'm sure you're going to have a few words with, with the local council, aren't you, after what's happened here? Uh, things will be said, yes, I'm sure. So in terms of the whole project, cosmetically it may look a bit better, but was it a complete and utter waste of time? Well, I think it was a waste of time, personally. Uh, the parking's atrocious, no one knows where where they're allowed to park or not allowed to park. Jose, you're from the uh, off-licence here. Has business picked up at all for you? Uh, not really. Actually, we lost all the old customers and we, we are losing business now. So those old customers haven't returned, now the roadworks have, no, have finally no. gone? No, no. How close are you to losing this business now? Uh, we, we hope uh, we'll get our customers back, but I'm not, we are not sure. Well, there's uh, people very upset there, Justin. Justin? 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 I think Justin's been um, been murdered as part of a conspiracy. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The M40 heading northbound is closed at the moment between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 3 for Loudwater. That's after a serious accident that happened there. Also, a matrix sign set at the moment at for 40 miles per hour. The M25 in both directions between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27, the M11, building up in patches due to those major roadworks that are continuing there. And disruption on First Capital Connect trains between Luton and St Pancras International, also affecting East Midland trains between Luton and St Pancras as well. That's due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30. I'm Jane Killick. There's international calls for an inquiry into the downing of a Malaysian airliner over Ukraine. The US vice president says the plane was apparently blown out of the sky, killing almost 300 people. There are calls for tougher penalties for drivers who kill cyclists. A freedom of information request by the BBC to all UK police forces found that a quarter of those convicted weren't banned from driving. Controversial roadworks in Hemel Hempstead that caused businesses to lose thousands of pounds have been branded a complete waste of money. This weekend, a street festival is being held in the Old Town for the official opening of the new High Street. The weather, hot, humid and mainly sunny. Under sport and in cricket, a century by Ajinkaya Rahane inspired a fight back by India as England's bowlers failed to take full advantage of an obliging pitch on the first day of the second test at Lords. England reduced India to 145 for seven shortly after tea, but they recovered to 290 for nine by the close. Rory McIlroy has a one-shot lead going into the second round of the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool today. He's on six under par with Italy's Matteo Manassero on five under. Adam Scott, Sergio Garcia and Jim Farouk are all on four under. High Wycombe's Tyrell Hatton shot a three over par round yesterday and was disappointed with one hole in particular. I just had one bad hole, I think it was on five. Uh, I made triple there and it's a good birdie opportunity so... Um... Yeah, I let four shots go on the field there, I think. But apart from that, I played OK. My putter was really good. I held quite a few par putts from, like, six, seven feet. But it got a little bit tricky on the back nine as the wind started to pick up. In football, in last night's friendlies, Luton Town beat Hitchin 5-0. Striker Alex Wall scored a hat-trick and there were goals from Sean Wally and Mark Cullen. Borehamwood lost 3-1 at home to Brentford. In athletics, Milton Keynes long jumper Greg Rutherford has pulled out of the anniversary games in London this Sunday. It's as a precaution to prepare for the Commonwealth Games. He also didn't compete at last weekend's Glasgow Grand Prix after suffering a knee problem in warm-up. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Rutherford. Counties Radio. All you've got to do is jump into a sandpit. My boys do it at every available opportunity. Mad up and jump. Why are these headphones damp? Ah, yes. Now, about that. <laughs> I've got a very sweaty head. Are they right? Someone has. I don't know why they're damp. They've left... Who's, who's in here before us? Roberto. Roberto. Is it Roberto's sweat? What? Whoever it is, you need to do something. You need some personal hygiene. But seriously, though, all you've got to do is jump three times. Yeah, far. Exactly. Long. Do it. Actually. Do it, Rutherford. Yeah. Just do it, man. Go and jump. Go and jump three times and then go home. Yeah, he's done your, it before. Take your applause and then go home. Catherine Boyle joins me in the studio. Yes. Let me just need to check the wheel of 
Wheel of oh, Show. What are we up to? For 6.33 and 42 seconds, Catherine joins me in the studio. We bounce for two minutes, then we play Elton John's Made in England. Or Sacrifice. It's no sacrifice. What you got in the papers? All, Not a lot. All manner of things that, well, look, uh, yeah. I've already had an email about a conspiracy theory about the Malaysian air- airplane. Well, I'm, I would be surprised if you hadn't, and I bet I know who it's from. I've been getting abuse from people for, still for not talking about Gaza. And it, what, what do you want me to say about Hey, do you know what's happening over there, man? It's bad. Um, and also, do you know, you can phone in on 08459 455 555. If you want to phone in and talk about these things, you're more than welcome. But hey, guess what? It, we're, it, we're kind of local radio, so I don't quite see what impact... Uh, you know, unless someone on this aeroplane tragically comes from beds, hearts or bucks. Uh, what can I say? But if you want to call in and talk about that, if you want to call in and talk about Gaza, do you know what? You're more than more than welcome to. I had Mohammed, I had Mohammed tweeting me, or at least someone claiming to be Mohammed, um. but a woman claiming to be Mohammed, saying I got pwned. I didn't get pwned the other day. I let that, that impudent child off with a, with a flea in his ear. But a flea in his ear, clipped him around the head and sent him on his way. Silly sausage. What have you got, Catherine? And if you'd like to call again, Mohammed, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the number. Yeah, but just have some manners this time, lad. Hottest day of the year today, but get ready for tropical storms. Uh, we were ready. That they was came. last night. The yeah. storm, you... I like them. I I don't mind them. There are some people in this building who are wusses about it. Justin Dealey, Kelly Betts, you're a wuss about it. Man, man up! It's a storm. Don't like it. Why? Scary. What's of what? Lightning. It's just weather. It's just weather. I'm s- it's just God showing he's angry with us and moving his furniture. I don't trust the sky. The sky can do it what it wants. If I'm driving in, the sky is thinking, actually, I'm going to get her. It can. Bolt of lightning. The sky's got a bigger fish to fry. It's frying something. Frying tonight. I like it. I love it. I turned the radio off and opened my windows and felt the freshness. Did you stand naked in the window and allowing the rain to embrace your body? No, because of a court order that's been put against me. But otherwise, I would have definitely done that. Well done. A million pensioners are now millionaires. So that's a hundred million pounds. A million million. That's a billion, isn't it? It depends. No, it's a, th- a billion is a thousand well, million. If, that's the we, American we, billion. We've adopted the American billion. That's the thing, you see. It's another... We'll be calling them sidewalks soon and looking for the mailbox soon. Gee. Soaring numbers of Britain's pensioners are now millionaires thanks to the surging value of their homes and pensions, it was uh, revealed today. Ah, uh, So they're not really millionaires. Uh, OK, okay. only if they're going to move out and live in a tent. There are now just over one million millionaires aged 65 plus and they form 11% of their age group, the highest percentage of any bracket. I'm sure they don't feel like millionaires. Dear Jan... Well, how do you say her name? Jan Moyer. Yes. Stick it up your backside. What's she done now? Jan Moyer. Call me sexist, but women's clothes do matter. She's, refer- she's writing for the Daily Mail, referring to well, the, the Daily Mail's story well, where it was all the women and what they were wearing. Well, of course they matter. You know, you need to be able to um, cover yourself up and, and protect yourself against the elements. But I don't think it was the most important thing that day. Like Nick Clegg, like John Prescott, like most of the Twitterati, like feminists everywhere, like the commentators who rushed to their keyboards and to the airwaves to vent, vent, vent. This is me. I, mean. I was appalled when I saw this newspaper's coverage of the great she reshuffle this week. That's good. In these very pages, the procession of nine women MPs making their way along Downing Street was likened to a catwalk. 
Good grief, I can feel my gorge rising all over again at the, the very thought of it. What an utter disgrace against taste, against humanity... Oh, she's being sarcastic. Against all the hard-fought gains women have made over the centuries. Here we go, she's building up to a gag. It's a, it's a, it's a big intro to a gag, Jam. What's not a disgrace against taste, against humanity, against all the hard-fought gains women have made over the centuries. I'm talking about Liz Truss pairing black shoes with a blue handbag. Has the woman gone mad? It's as if accessorising the concept of tasteful mix and match had never... Oh, you... um, I don't want to say stupid woman because I don't use the word stupid, but what a ridiculous muppet. Oh, yeah, that's better, isn't it? BBC One must take more creative risks in its programmes, according to a report by the BBC Trust. Hang on. Well done, guys. There's that and John that's, Hughes hand clap. And that's going to happen when Seb Coe comes in and takes over, isn't it? Researchers found viewers believe the channel tends to play it safe as it relies on tried and trusted staples, such as the one show presented by Alex Jones. Yeah, let's ditch the one show. Let's ditch Hol- EastEnders. Holby City and EastEnders among yeah. ten shows which dominate peak schedules. Yeah. The Trust has told BBC Chiefs he wants to see a report within six months spelling out how it will increase the distinctiveness of programmes and schedules on each of its main channels, particularly BBC One. Good. Where are them two uh, blackfellas? Which two blackfellas? The two blackfellas. Oh! I like the two blackfellas. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Skip they're in Blue the Daily, Daily Mail, is it? They're in a couple of papers. They're, they're, yeah, they're... they are. Oh, I say, uh, Carnival Race Row as men black up as Venus and Serena. Page 29 of the Mail, if you want to read along. I quite like this. Daubed in fake tan. Yep. Wearing comedy wigs, squeezed into skimpy outfits. Well, they're not skimpy outfits, they're just large men. Yeah, they're big fellas. They were raising a smile and a few pounds for charity, but pub landlord Kevin Stevens and his equally burly friend Jason Luke's decision to enter a carnival parade dressed as tennis-playing sisters Venus and Serena Williams backfired spectacularly when they were branded racist. Oh, come on, guys. Sarah Bachelor, 33, who watched the carnival in Truro, Cornwall, with her nine-year-old son, said, That sort of caricature went out in the 70s. I didn't realise people still did it. It's out of date and offensive. Organisers dubbed the blackening up Blacking up, inappropriate, and have banned pictures of the men dressed as the Williams sisters from the event's Facebook right, page. Right, okay. We, we did something like Wasn't there something like this recently? Yeah, there we? was, when some boys dressed up as Cool Runnings. Do you know what? Oh, it was the Cool Runnings lads. Do you know what? I think we should all black up. I think we should all black up. They're not doing it in a, a racist way, as far as I can tell. They, may, maybe the they, only people they're sending up are themselves by yeah. the look of these pictures. It's blokes dressed up as women who are black, so they've blacked up. I don't think... Can we not... Okay, this is what we'll do on Monday. We're all going to black up. We won't, because uh, that stuff is awful to get off your skin. But I don't see anything wrong with that at all. And, I, I, you know, I've, I've tiptoed around this in the past. If you want to black up, if you're doing it to impersonate someone or to look like someone, as long as it's not done with maliciousness, as, not, as, as long as you're not making light of their darkness, then there's not a problem with it at all. It's just dressing up, isn't it? It's just dressing up.
Matter. As you know, I, I deal in facts and not fiction. Boom, 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 boom. Party operations. I Sacrifice by Elton John sounds like it could be a big, big hit. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 heading northbound's closed at the moment between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 3 for Loudwater. That's following a serious accident that happened a little earlier on this morning. Building up in patches on the M1 Luton Spur in both directions between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport as those major roadworks continue. Seeing disruption on East Midland trains of about half an hour between Luton and St Pancras International. Also affecting First Capital Connect between Luton and St Pancras as well, and that's all due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 6.46, it's Friday the 18th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. America is leading a call for a ceasefire in Ukraine to investigate the downing of a Malaysian airliner. There are calls for tougher penalties on drivers who kill cyclists, and a festival this weekend welcomes in the controversial revamped Hemel Old Town. Let's get the weather, Hisara. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, many people talking this morning about the torrential thunderstorms that woke them up across the three counties. Uh, still some of them around, largely though they're clearing off towards the north at the moment. It is pretty uncomfortable out there. Uh, temperatures overnight didn't fall below the uh, high teens. We're at 19 degrees in some spots at the moment. So a little bit too unpleasant for sleeping. Uh, some places around the 16 Celsius mark though. Uh, so we've got a bit of a spread in temperatures. It's where you've seen those thunderstorms and as I say still some around, largely clearing away though uh, not long after breakfast time and then we're looking at a dry, sunny and hot day with temperatures well up in the 20s Celsius, the very high 20s if not, uh, tipping over to the 30 degree mark, looks like today the hottest day of the year so far and somewhere in the south and east of England we're going to see a high of 32, possibly 33 degrees which takes us up to 90s Fahrenheit, Uh, but we'll stay dry sunny and hot through much of the day late this afternoon though, further the thunderstorms starting to track the way towards us from the south. They'll be with us through this evening and overnight across the three counties and through much of the day tomorrow. We've got some really unpleasant weather on the way then. Torrential thunderstorms and Met Office weather warning in force for the day tomorrow, right the way through until tomorrow evening. We will have some drier interludes at times, but continuing with the risk of them right the way through tomorrow afternoon into tomorrow evening and overnight into Sunday. And still on Sunday, the risk of some showers around between them. Highs tomorrow up in the high 20s Celsius. Today is the peak of the temperatures, though, as slowly will become cooler, a little bit cooler and fresher as we move towards Monday. But still some heavy thunderstorms to come in through the night tonight.
This weekend, it's all about Bedford here on BBC Three Counties Radio. The River Festival is 36 years old. And this weekend, we'll bring it all to you. Today, from three, I'm live from the town to give you all the build-up and let you know everything that's coming up this weekend. Then tomorrow, I'll bring you three hours from the heart of the festival as it all gets underway. And on Sunday, Sophie Solaria and me, Gareth Lloyd, live from the riverbank with all the action from Bedford's premier water event. The Bedford River Festival weekend starts with me, Roberta Peroni, this afternoon from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, always a great pleasure to welcome friends of the show back to the show, and uh, it's a great pleasure, Catherine, to uh, have Matt in Luton back on. Good morning to you, Matt. How are you this morning? You enjoying the weather? Enjoying the weather, yes. Yeah, you like a bit of rain, do you? Well, I didn't have a lot of rain here. Oh, did you? Did you hear the uh, thunderbolts? Not really. Did you see the lightning bolts? No. Um, did you enjoy the heat yesterday? Oh, yes, very nice, yes. Yeah, that's really wonderful news. Well, Matt, thank you so much for calling. Yes. We'll speak to you next week. OK. D- did you have a point you wanted to make? You silly yes. old... You're a prat. Excuse me? You... That was Bruce Springsteen you had on this morning. You make me so mad, mate. Bruce Frink- Frinkstein? The first record you played this morning was Bruce Springsteen. I think you'll find it was Elton John and Sacrifice. I'm sorry, mate. You just do no, it to wind us up. No need to apologise, Matt. You're, you're getting on a bit and you get confused. <laughs> it was Elton John and it was Sacrifice. Sacrifice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to sacrifice you. Can we clip that? Because that is actually a threat of murder, Catherine. <laughs> He's threatening to murder I me. I think it's justified. What, sorry? I Just saying. Justified to sacrifice. Justified yeah. to punch you in the Eight? nose. Yeah. Yeah, you, you won't be laughing then. You'll be crying because you'll have a broken, bloody nose. I'm not swearing. I'm being literal. I'm swearing as well. Right, that's just definitely being a threat. That's definitely. Yeah, a threat. I'm threatening to punch a listener in the nose. What? Don't tell me the BBC got a problem with that. Swear, eh? What? If I said that, you would have cut me out for swearing. Yeah, see? but I'm cleverer than you. No, but you get away with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Kath, what do you talk to him? He's getting on my nerves. I like Matt. What do you like yeah. him for? He's a plum. I like him because he's uh, he keeps it real. He's a miserable old so-and-so. I know my music, pal. All right, Matt. All right, listen. Yeah. Would you would you like me to play Elton John and Sacrifice? No, I want to play you. Day- you must play me Daytime Friends and Nighttime Love. All right, let me, fi- hang on, let me find it on the computer. Hang on a second. Daytime Friends, Nighttime Lovers. Okie dokie. Right, we've got it. Do you, yeah. want to, do you want to introduce it? Yes. Go on, then. The great Kenny Rogers, daytime friends and nighttime lovers. Is that all right, Matt? (laughs) Thank you very much. Ta-ta. Plunk.
John, sacrifice. I like that one. I'm not a massive fan of uh, EJ, but I quite like that one. Bit different. He's taking a different direction. He's taking. He's taking it in a different direction, as he so often does. <laughs> Is there anything in the, the papers this week? Have been very, very poor. I mean, obviously, the fr- all the front pages are about the uh, Malaysian Airlines. Now, listen, uh, that's unlucky. I mean, they've had two of the biggest air disasters. What, of the last 20 years? In the space of a few months. Isn't that incredible? How can, a, how can they survive? I was, um, I was in a lobby, or foyer, of a building. A hallway? No. Reception? And the BBC News is on. I was watching it with some people. This was last night. And a fella walked out of the lift and uh, overheard us saying, oh, blimey, Malaysian Airlines. He went, well, well, fellas, now's a good time to buy shares, isn't it? What? <laughs> I said so. Oh, that, that's cold, isn't it? I mean, cold but true. Possibly. He said, now's a good time to buy shares, isn't it? They won't go any lower. They can only go up. Yeah. And he walked out like that. With a swagger, I imagine. With a, with a cocky swagger of a man who was about to make money from blood. And that is why we will never be rich. Yeah. Well, well, well. When I... Um, uh, uh, I've got a private pension. I don't put any money into it now because I can't afford to. Uh, and uh, I had a meeting with the pension advisor. He said, right, is there anything you don't want to, you know, you invest in? You know, any ethical things? And I went, yeah, um, arms, tobacco and animal experiments, uh, which is a lot, a lot of pensions are invested in. Mm-hmm. He went, yeah, they're the ones that make the money. <sighs> I went, oh, go on then. So <laughs> I can't remember what my decision was in the end. I probably did. I, I'm just, hey, listen, I'm a human being and... and uh, Oh, well, you know, I make money. Greedy. Um, Sorry? But, no, it's fine. Go on. If you can live with yourself. I love this picture. It's is, in a number of the papers. Yes. Has anyone seen the Lego movie? If anyone's seen Lego movie, they will be That's... looking at the picture of the Queen with all those construction workers and thinking of Emmett. Are you asking, has anybody seen the Lego movie? Everybody. Look, let's just pick a random sample. Kelly, you've seen the Lego movie, haven't you? you you've seen Lego movie? You seen Lego movie? You seen Lego movie? Hi. No. Oh, OK. <laughs> That went well. That's why I had to ask. I can't assume things about people yeah. like what you do. Uh, I'd like to sacrifice oh, you. Cut Matt off! Violent, aggressive plum. So, uh, he said gently. David, uh, David Cameron and uh, Jean-Claude Juncker. Is it a yes. hard or soft J? Wait, no, I don't think it matters. He's the head of Europe. He owns Europe. And David Cameron owns England. Uh, they hate each other. And also, when you see, uh, like, a collie, or you, 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 would, you would handshake, there's a great picture of them high five, but, like, doing the really awkward, white, middle-class, middle-aged high five. They're sort of missing each other. Isn't that embarrassing? Or, or is he going for his face and he's trying to block it? <laughs> he's trying to block it. It's just 
awful. Stop that. Nobody over the age of 15 should do a high five without it being an ironic one. Yeah, totally. It's it's just the worst thing. Come on, guys. You're the you're, you're leaders. Do something. A handshake or a salute. Should have salute. I like the salute. Peace sign. Peace sign would be nice. Thumbs up. Oh, if David Cameron did the peace sign. Wouldn't that be, what would be great, right? So if David Cameron, gets, next time he gets up in Europe to do a really boring speech, he would win my vote at the next general election if he walks up to... And uh, our next speaker would be uh, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, David Cameron. Polite applause. He walks up to the podium, makes both hands into peace signs and goes, thank you, fans. <laughs> thank you, fans. Cam fans. Oh, man, I would love him. I would respect him so much if he said thank you, fans, at the start of a speech. Obama would do it. Obama would totally do it. Obama would get it. Uh, have we got anything else, or should we um, just pretend this never happened? Uh, the latter. OK. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 heading northbound is closed at the moment between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 3 for Loudwater due to an accident that happened a little earlier on. Also causing delays on the A355 heading northbound just at London Road there. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather slow moving on camera from Junction 17 at Maple Cross to Junction 15 for the Thorny Interchange. Delays of up to half an hour on First Capital Connect between Luton and St Pancras International. Um, due to a signalling problem. That's also affecting East Midland trains as well between Luton and St Pancras. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. Coming up later on in the show, we're going to have some of this. Uh, weather, humid weather, I suppose. There's anything I can think of. Yeah. Did that attack you? Attack the bus. Anything white. Anything white? you got anything white on, you've got a white shirt on, you'll be covered in them. It's like if you've got yellow on, the wasp will come onto you. What about other colours then that we should be wary of? Green. I might think you work at Asda's. Well, evolution. If they grow, most uh, some species of ants, when they grow, they grow feathers. What on earth are they talking about? Stay tuned to find out. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, Russia and Ukraine blame each other for bringing down a Malaysian airliner. Calls for tougher penalties for killing cyclists and festival welcomes the controversial New Hemel Old Town. BBC Three Counties Radio. The US is leading demands by the international community for all sides in the conflict in eastern Ukraine to support an immediate ceasefire to allow an investigation into the shooting down of a Malaysia Airlines jet. Nearly 300 people died. Nine Britons are said to be among the victims. Lord Peter Truscott, a former Labour MEP for Hertfordshire, who is a member of the EU delegation to Russia, says it will probably take some time to identify who's to blame. It would have to be a pretty sophisticated missile, so that would mean that it's either been taken from uh, the Ukrainian military or the Russian military, or it's been uh, fired by the military. So I I don't think we'll get to the bottom of this until there is a full investigation, but but I think our thoughts at the moment should be really uh, with the the families of those that have appeared to have died uh, and their loved ones. There are calls for tougher penalties for drivers who kill cyclists. A Freedom of Information request by the BBC to all UK police forces found that a quarter of those convicted weren't banned from driving. The chief executive of the Road Victims Trust, Mark Turner, says it's difficult to know why more offenders aren't sent to jail. 
If someone, for example, commits the worst possible offence, death by dangerous driving, the starting point for any uh, custodial sentence tends to start, if it's the worst possible case, with the worst possible aggravating features, at around about eight years. So the sentencing powers are there for courts, but, you know, clearly each case is then judged on its individual circumstance. A leaked report into schools in, 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 into claims that hardline Muslims trying to infiltrate schools in Birmingham is said to have found evidence of coordinated action to introduce what it describes as an aggressive Islamist agenda. The report was commissioned by the Department for Education. Controversial roadworks in Muslims trying to infiltrate schools in Birmingham is said to have found evidence of coordinated action to introduce what it describes as an aggressive Islamist agenda. The report was commissioned by the Department for Education. Controversial roadworks in Hemel Hempstead that caused businesses to lose thousands of pounds have been branded a complete waste of money. This weekend, a street festival is being held in the Old Town for the official opening of the new High Street. The scheme's been beset with problems since the work began last June. These businesses say they've yet to see an upturn in trade. There's not much difference now. My uncle, they sold their shop to someone else now. They lost too much. I'll say it's a waste of money, especially when they put a new gate there. They need that, did we? They don't seem to be flying back, don't they, used to? There's a, I think there's a lot of businesses already gone down along here whilst it's all been happening. A memorial service is being held today for the son of a Luton woman who died in Nepal last year. The body of 23-year-old Matthew Allpress was found in the mountains where he'd been trekking. Friends and family will be attending the service in Australia where Matt lived. And in football last night, Luton beat Hitchin 5-0 in their friendly. The weather, a hot and humid day with good sunny spells and a risk of one or two heavy thundery showers. Temperatures up to 32 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There's so much going on here, so much. And all this week we're featuring some of our North Bedfordshire villages. Living rural, you have rural uh, atmosphere. It's all about where you live. Everything you, you want or your kids want, it's, you don't have to go far, you don't have to be driving miles, you can just stick to the village. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, let's just get a a weather update from Tony Fisher. And the weather for beds, hearts and bucks. Tomorrow, wet and uh, wet and wet, basically. Top temperature, 9 degrees Celsius. BBC Three Counties News, it's five past five. Wet and wet, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be wet, and indeed, it's going to be wet. Lots coming up on the show this morning. Catherine's going to remind us what it is. I can't... I'm busy. Lots of things. Thank you very much indeed. If you want to take part, 08459 555 555. Wagwan! Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Not really um, given them... A reason to ring? A reason to ring? You just click a little bit. Why you don't click? Working. This is what working sounds like. Yeah. Okay, right. And a bit like that. Working, to me, sounds like... Working in a coal mine. Going down, down, down. down, down. Working, working in a coal, coal mine. mine. Oh! Yeah, fair point. 
Uh, we haven't given them anything to phone in about, and, in. And, and the lemmings they are. They need they need a piece of cheese before they'll even dare venture close to the trap. <laughs> no, that's not lemmings. That's mice. You make it sound so appetising. Come on, okay, guys. Well, this is what we're talking about. There is a serious um, BBC investigation has come out suggesting that if you are a motorist who hits and kills a cyclist, you are less than 50% of them go to prison. Why? Cycling charities are concerned about that. We'll be talking about that in a minute, but um, we're also going to be talking to Paul Scoyne. who had something awful happen to him on his bike last night, and it's, a, and it's not the first time people have behaved aggressively towards him, and we will be wondering whether it's happened to you too if you use your bike to go to and from work. What else are we talking about? Well, are, are there any f- uh, fun things we can, they can call in about? Fun things to call about. Listen, guys, it's Friday. The, the door is open. You are welcome into our house. If the light's on, you can come in and, and hang out with us. It's How did you sleep as... last night? That seems to be what everyone else is talking about. Now, if I'd have said that, if I'd have said, how did you sleep last night, call me now, you'd have pulled that face that said you'd rather um, be uh, cleaning, I don't know, I can't think of anything that's appropriate to say. Yeah, but I said it, so it's okay. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. I'm actually interested in the technicalities of how you slept last night because lots of people didn't. Flipping. All right. Well, people are phoning in about that, so I guess there may be something in that. But we are talking about cyclists. But do stay tuned. Paul Scoynes, political reporter here at BBC Three Counties Radio, uh, had something absolutely horrific happen to him last night on his bicycle. Absolutely horrific. Stay tuned and find out what it was. But campaigners, we're talking about cycles now, campaigners are calling for tougher sentences uh, for drivers who kill cyclists after a BBC investigation found less than half go to prison. In the last seven years in the three counties, 20 people died after being knocked off their bikes. 15 drivers convicted, but only nine went to prison. Nationally, a quarter of motorists found to be responsible for the death of a cyclist have been allowed to keep their licences. I'm joined now by Bart, who is a cyclist who was involved in a road collision two months ago. Morning, Bart. Hi, good morning. Bart, d- d- tell me what happened. Where were you and, and, and what happened to you? Um, I was in central London uh, cycling home from work, as uh, I used to do every day. Uh, to and from the office and I uh, got ahead of a, a lorry, a large tipper truck that was in front of me. I got ahead of it at a junction to avoid it, any possibility of it turning left and knocking me over, uh, which is the main, you know, the main priority of a cyclist to get ahead of these vehicles. Uh, so I did that, got ahead of it and then f- from nowhere accelerated from behind me and took me out, uh, knocked my back wheel, which sent me to the right and I went under the whole, the whole lorry in between the wheels and came out the other end uh, in absolute agony. Hang on a second, sorry. So th- th- this lorry knocked you over and drove over you? Yeah, apparently the paramedics had had tyre marks over my backside. Um, my helmet was crushed. It looked like they had tyre marks over my helmet as well. Um, yeah, it went over the whole of me, yeah. Did, do, you, do you think... Because sometimes when you're in these big trucks, it's hard to see what's immediately in front of you. Do you think the driver uh, w- would have been able to see you? Um, that's, that, you know, no one can know apart from the driver. He right. either wasn't looking properly, uh, or he just didn't bother looking in the, in the right places. Okay. But d- definitely the, the type of lorry he was in, it was, it's really hard to see. Were you, really were you conscious? Are you, do you remember going underneath the truck? Uh, absolutely. I was conscious the whole time. Uh, I remember it, it all kind of slowed down as I went under. I kind of like screamed, uh, as, as it happened and I realized what was going on and I thought that was the end for me. But, um, yeah, I came out the other side amazed that I was still alive and breathing. Uh, that must have been terrifying, Bart. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be alive. Uh, 
every day. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to get over my injuries, but I think the psychological trauma is still there. Uh, when I go out uh, outside, out of the house, uh, near roads, I'm, I'm very nervous now, and it's difficult. We'll, we'll talk about the psychological damage in a second. What, what phys- You say that you had tyre marks on you. What physical damage um, have you sustained? Well, it's rather miraculous. I, d- I didn't have any broken bones, but um, I had shoulder reconstruction on my left shoulder. I had all muscles and tendons ripped there. Um, I had a bone-deep holes in my elbow and knee, so I had to have like, uh, plastic surgery on my knee. I still haven't got full flexion of my knees still, and um, a severe bru- bruising lacerations all over my body. So it looks like I've got burns in some parts of my body, mm. friction burns on the road. When you came out of the other side, when the, the truck had passed over you, w- what happened? Did, did people see this happen? Were people rushing yeah. to your aid? Yeah, it was um, just about a quarter to eight in the evening, and I was in the city, so there was a lot of office workers around, and they all came and surrounded me. Um, I was on my stomach, so I couldn't really see the people above me. I just heard lots of voices, and I, I was aware that the driver had stopped further up the road as well. You mentioned uh, the psychological damage, and you, 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 I'm, I'm guessing you've not got back on a bike since. No, I mean, physically, it's, it's, it's too difficult with my shoulder. I, can't, I haven't got full movement in my shoulder yet. I can barely raise my arm above 90 degrees. Uh, but definitely, uh, it would be, you know, be a very difficult getting back in the saddle and having to deal with uh, large vehicles on the road. And you say that you, you even struggle going near busy roads, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I've been back in London for some outpatient checkups and uh, just, yeah, hearing, like, lorries go over potholes and those kind of noises. I, I, you know, at one, one point I felt like having a panic attack. Um, I was yeah, breathing very erratically and it, yeah, it was tough. And, you know, I don't have a choice over it. It's just kind of the body's natural instinct. It remembers this trauma and uh, at night time as well it's difficult as well do you think bart that um tougher sentences for for drivers who who uh, are involved in um collisions with cyclists would change things or, or do you think that you know that i would never cycle when i lived in london i would never cycle in central london because i, I just wasn't confident enough yeah i mean it, it does take a, a large amount of confidence and uh, skill to cycle in central london but in, in regards to tougher sentencing, I'm, I am shocked to, to, to learn of the BBC investigation that about 44% face prison. Uh, I think drivers do have a responsibility when they get behind the wheel because you are effectively in command of several tons of metal, and that is really dangerous to vulnerable road users like pedestrians and cyclists. And that there needs to be something done about um, using your mobile phone in particular. Uh, I, think, I think the law should change in that regard to make it uh, on, on par with being drunk at the wheel or taking drugs at the wheel. Because using a mobile phone, I think there's studies show that your reaction time is, is even longer when you're using a mobile phone at the wheel than, say, when you're drink, drinking and driving. But it, it, it's an amazing story. You're incredibly lucky to be alive. I'm sure you appreciate that, you know, despite how horrific the whole thing has been. I wish you the best of luck with your recovery, physically and mentally. Yeah, thank you very much. Bart, thank you yeah. very much indeed. Wow, what a story. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We're listening to that. Is uh, BBC Three Counties Radio political correspondent and uh, cycling expert Paul Scorins. Good morning, Paul. Morning. Ian. Now you cycle to and from work pretty much every day. Uh, you also do big big races, and you're you, you know you're you're keen into your cycling. You've even got the lycra. When you hear something like that from Bart, how does that make you feel as a cyclist? Well, it's terrifying, isn't it? It's um, 
It's, everyone always gets a bit uh, of a fear when you get on the bike and you know that you're going to be in and amongst traffic and you have to be as careful as you can but sometimes you just can't account for for other people and um, that sounds like a horrible story really. uh, uh, You had something horrific happen to you last night I got your email, I didn't quite believe it when I read it I thought it was it was a joke and I, I read it again and uh, well, it was it was horrific, what happened to you? Well, I, I have to say, I've never really experienced road rage before, um, and either as a motorist or as a cyclist, really. But um, last night, I was cycling home from work and was getting into Milton Keynes. I was on the A5, um, it was sort of a single carriage road, and I was just going along. And I noticed that a motorcycle had pulled alongside me. Um, after a roundabout I, I you know hadn't seen this group it was a group of motorcycles and uh, final motorcycle in the group was alongside me and i just you know it was it was too close you know it was right on my shoulder and i noticed then that he had a pillion passenger on him and um and these passengers started nudging my, my hip with his hand. He just started pushing my hip to try and... I don't know what he was doing. And I sort of moved off slightly. I was very much in the curb, so I didn't have much room to go anywhere. They started nudging me again. So he nudged me a couple of times, and they were laughing. And they were, it, was, it was obvious they were trying to push me off. And I slowed right down, and then they sort of, you know, made a hand gesture and drove off. And I was a bit shaken up by it, to be honest, because it was like, you know, what was he trying to do? It was, it was obvious he was trying to push me off my bike. I was going about 20 miles an hour or something. And, um, and I, it, was, it was one of those moments where you, you, you sort of think, oh, is he just having a joke? He's just trying to tap me or something. Yeah. And then it was quite evident that, no, it was a bit more sinister than that. They were trying to push me over. And that, I've, I've, you know, I've never, I hear all these things about cycling and people, you know, hating on cyclists. But that was, um, yeah, that was the first time I've ever really properly experienced it. So it was um, was fairly fairly nasty. It shook me up a bit. So he he was trying to push you off. Mm. I'm, I'm sure you told him to get away, go away in no uncertain terms. Uh, and well, what, they just laughed and, and, and rode off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't, I didn't get his number because it was, it was facing slightly upwards anyway, so you couldn't really see it, yeah. which was probably done intentionally. Um, and so I, I, you know, I tried to, I, I thought I might be able to catch them up, but they're on motorbikes, Ian, and, you know, I can't cycle that fast. Come on, Scott, you, you, you beat uh, the sports team of triathlon. That is true, yes, that is true. But no, it was, um, yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't very nice. I really. spoke to you last night, you were a little bit shaken up. I uh, I made light of it, and that seemed to anger you. Uh, what, <laughs> I'm, sad, I'm sorry for that. Uh, how are you feeling this morning? I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm just about to come back in on okay. the bike. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed, it'll all be OK. Oh, man, I'm really sorry. Horrible, horrible people. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other week, actually, I had someone spray something at me from a car as well, and I'm... I hear all these horrible stories about people spraying bottles of urine at, at cyclists, but I was on a I was on a little ride, and um, this group of lads just sprayed. All of a sudden, I felt water all over me. Now it wasn't, you know, I, I couldn't smell anything sinister. I think it was just water, but you, you know, you do see it from time to there time. There was a story. It, was it last week that a cyclist in Luton got wee wee sprayed on them? Yeah, well, you, it's very strange. It's a very strange. Why reaction. would people? Do- why would anyone do that? Listen, if you don't like cyclists, you don't like cyclists. That's fine. We've all got our random irritations. There are certain types of drivers I don't like, but I don't go up and, and push their cars or spit at them or throw things at them. 
Well, you wouldn't do it to someone in the street, would you? You wouldn't walk past someone and spray them with wee-wee. You well, know, it's just... Uh, uh, I mean, it, you, you raise a good ethical question there, Paul. Paul, listen, I'm really sorry that happened. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, get get back on your bike and I wish you the best of luck coming in. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Take care. 08459 455 555. That's right. A, a motorcyclist tried to push him off his bicycle. Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 heading northbound's closed at the moment between Junction 2 of uh, Beaconsfield and also Junction 3 at Loudwater after a serious accident there. The M25 heading anti-clockwise on the camera looking very slow moving from Junction 17 at Maple Cross to Junction 15, the Thorny Interchange. Also looking rather slow on the M1 heading southbound between Junction 10 at Luton Airport and Junction 9 for Redbourne. And it's queuing at the moment on the Barnet Bypass heading southbound on camera between Stirling corner and Mill Hill Circus. Disruption of about half an hour on First Capital Connect at the moment between Luton and St Pancras International, also affecting East Midland trains between Luton and St Pancras due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Heads, where's my heads? Where's my heads? Where's my heads? There's my heads. It's 7.18, it's Friday the 18th of July. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. America is leading a call for a ceasefire in Ukraine to investigate the downing of a Malaysian airliner. There are calls for tougher penalties on drivers who kill cyclists and a festival this weekend welcomes in the controversial revamped Hemel Old Town. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Absolutely picturesque, beautiful bridge to drive over. It's always been a lovely village, local, you know, and uh, quiet. And all this week, we're featuring some of our North Bedfordshire villages. So much going on here, so much. Living rural, you have rural uh, atmosphere. Inviting everyone to where you live. It's a gorgeous village, very picturesque. I think even when it's raining, it, it looks nice because it's villagey and pretty. If you You've got a story everyone should hear about. Let us tell them about it. It is home to us and it's just a lovely village. Once you've moved here, you'll never leave. I'll be here for a long time, I hope. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. It's open season here today. You can call in about anything you want. I've had lots of uh, uh, abuse this week because I've not been discussing Gaza and Israel. Uh, not very local, really. What am I supposed to say about it? It's bad, isn't it? End of conversation. If you want to... The thing about the show is, if there is a story that we're not doing that you think we should, you can call in and come on and say, well, why aren't you doing this? And this is why you should be doing this. So if you don't do that, then, you know, 08459 455 555. Again, the big story of the day is the aeroplane disaster. What is there to say? Does it put you off flying? I mean, that's, I guess that's a question. Does, it, does, does something like the Malaysian Air, Airlines disaster put you off flying? Certainly puts me off flying with Malaysian Airlines. Two in the space of, what, four months? Two of the biggest air disasters in the last 20 years in the space of four months? You wouldn't want to fly with Malaysian again. Even if this wasn't there, even if neither of them were their fault. So I guess you can ask the question. Do the front pages of all the newspapers, I mean, just horrific... Horrific pictures. The front page of the Independent, um, 
Says, oh, shot out of the sky. Malaysia airplanes plane brought down, killing all 295 on board. Pro-Russian rebels suspected a missile attack. Bodies scattered across fields. Um, at least six Britons thought to be among the dead. And just an horrific picture. We can ask that. Does, does that. does something like that put you off flying? Maybe you're flying out of Luton today or, or at the weekend and you're kind of thinking, uh-oh, suddenly I'm not so keen. Or maybe you're one of those people who thinks, ah, you know what? Disasters happen. Now that this has happened, it means that it's less likely to happen to me. Is that how you're thinking? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a a, a call on that, your views on that. I've already had emails about the conspiracy theories. Ah, man, alive. Um, I don't know about the conspiracy theories. Would this put me off flying? Probably not. I don't think it would. Uh, I, I would still go on holiday. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you uh, want to give us um, a call. Now, for more than a year, we've been reporting on roadworks in old uh, in Hemel Old Town. The project was beset by problems from the start. First, they found an old gravesite, and work had to be stopped to allow the arche- archaeologists in. Then work got going, but the council had to install CCTV to make sure the builders were building rather than, you know, having a doze. And as the months went by, shoppers stopped shopping and local traders lost thousands and thousands of pounds. Well, this weekend, a street festival is being held to officially mark the opening of the new high street. Uh, Justin Dealey has uh, been talking to Michael Porter from Jordan's and Pete, one of the shops there. So, Michael, we just stepped outside your antique shop. Uh, we're on the old town here. Everything's done. It's the opening party this weekend, the official opening party. I'm hoping you're going to tell me that your business has, has picked up dramatically. We, our week runs from Monday to Sunday. We're taking under £200. So it hasn't picked up at all, then? No, it ha- I, it's, it's not the fact that people aren't buying. It's that there's nobody to come in. The whole high street is dead. The parking um, restrictions are loose. People are parking in the wrong bays because they're not properly marked. When somebody come along with yellow paint to make so people know what's going on, little brass studs, how stupid. And so I very well say it's going to look good, but, you know, it's not helping any of the traders along here. I don't know anybody along here who's doing OK. I mean, talking to people in the off-licence, they're at their wit's end. And what about these new shiny gates uh, in preparation for the weekend? Uh, you must be a fan of those. Why? I mean, it's just a gate. I mean, why go to all that expense? I mean, you... And if they're going to be used on a very regular basis, I suppose. But, you know, for what they're going to cost, just put some barriers across. That's, that's good enough. It's just a waste of time. And sp- there all this money being spent, and still there are no public conveniences. Some wasak from the council said to me, oh, if somebody was desperate, you'd let them use their loo. I said to them, if you give me your address, I should come and knock on your door when I'm, when I'm desperate. Yeah, it's just absolutely ludicrous. And, you know, the top-heavy lot of the council, they go around with clipboards grinning and so on. They're not interested. There is still, I'm convinced, some sort of hidden agenda. They're not telling anybody. Terry Doris from Hertfordshire County Council. Of course, they're involved in this project and the Coram Borough Council. Uh, we're hoping Terry's going to come onto the programme today and talk about this a bit later on. Uh, the airwaves are yours. As somebody who's lost a lot of money here, somebody who's very angry about this and is still very angry about this, what's your message to him? Uh, you know, these, these people, they've, they've, got, they've got no involvement. They don't want to know. They're, they've got nice... Nice, comfy offices, jobs, pensions, and everything. You know, I, I, I'm say I'm 69. I'm still working because I need the money. 
and he, he couldn't care less about me, so why should I bother about him? Well, one of the people we've spoken to uh, a few times on this show is uh, Barry Garvin, who runs Fret's Music. Morning, Barry. Hi there. Barry, have you seen an upturn in trade since the roadworks finished? I wish we could say yes, but um, as previously stated, the road is still like a ghost town. It looks fantastic, and it would make a great backdrop for something like Midsummer Murders, but people aren't coming up because they come up, they look at the parking bays, they look at the signage, and I, you know, I'm confused by it. I can't see where you can park and where you can't. And the thing that is most ridiculous is outside of um, off the wall antiques, um, where Michelle has been campaigning, you know, against the, the the whole parking signage. There's what is effectively a bus stop, which could take four or five vehicles, and there are no bus routes in the high, in the old town high street. Oh. And we had a meeting some months back with council officials, and they said they're trying to find a bus company who are willing to come up there but as as of now there isn't one so there's all this space that could be utilized for the, you know for the, for the general public's benefit which is what i thought this was done for and it's, it's just you know one big space um that no one can use so um, but barry the, the, one of the, the ways this was sold to us when we spoke to terry duris i don't i don't i think I've got this terry isn't coming on the show this morning is that mm-hmm. is that right he's not coming on right one of the, the ways this the, the, the selling points of this was there would be more and better parking and you're saying it's confusing it's confusing i mean you know there, there are raised block areas which you'd think are just pedestrian but apparently you can that they are loading bays but it, it you know it's not clear as to whether they're just commercial loading bays or whether anyone can just um, park there and, and load or unload. Um, I regularly have customers come into the shop and they say, I have to rush, I'm illegally parked. And I say, where are you? And they point to their car and I say, oh, no, you, you can't park there for an hour. There, there is one hour free parking. Why is, why is, is there a sign there saying that? The, the signs are ambiguous. Um, mm. it's, it's hard to see wh- which area they, they apply to. And I think some of the posts have two and three different signs and then with arrows pointing different directions and when people park up in a hurry they just need to know oh yeah i can park here or can't park here and the thing is that um with, with the the actual square next to the church i think it's called st mary's close um apparently there are some spaces in there that you can park but i wouldn't park in there because i don't know which which they are there's no definition there's these tiny little studs on the floor um there's a couple of signs on on a couple of posts but do, do those signs just relate to that particular space, or do they relate to all of them? I don't know. So if I don't know, I'd seriously doubt anyone else does. OK, what about those new gates, though, Barry? Come on, £60,000 gates, that's going to be worth it, isn't it? Well, that money would have been better spent compensating the, the traders for their losses that have um, that we've incurred as a result of the, you know, ridiculously um, overextended roadworks. It should have taken five months, it's taken a year. Um, yes, it looks, look, looks very nice, but, you know... I think that would have been better shared out as as a compensation payment against the, um, you know, for, well, for, uh, as a compensation payment for traders who've lost out. As uh, previously stated, they could have just put temporary barriers up whenever there are events. Or I'm sure that, you know, if they had to put gates up, there, could, there surely must have been a cheaper way of doing it. The street festival that's happening this weekend. What do you think about that? Will, the, the, will that boost trade? Do you think? Well, I seriously hope so. I mean, it's it's a great idea. Um, a lot of um, there, there's going to be a lot of participation. There's going to be live music and various entertainments, and you know, hopefully that will get footfall up into the high street. I think there's still quite a lot of people who think the high street is as they last saw it, which is half dug up and and fenced off. But I think. If this gets people up into the high street again, it will be great for local traders, but we'll have to see what happens. 
How long do you... Because well, last time we spoke, Barry, I, I know that, the, the, that finances were an issue. How long do you think you can keep the business going if, 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 it, if business carries on at this rate? Um, well, it's difficult to quantify that at the moment. I've, I'm kind of thinking that um, we'll have to see how the year pans out by December. Um, if things don't drastically improve, I'm going to have to relocate because... You know, we're not there to play shops, and, and I'm, I'm, I speak for everyone. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's a great job that they've done. The high street does look fantastic, and if people could park without there being an issue, um, and people were aware that they could park without there being an issue, I'm sure there'd be a lot more footfall in the high street, but they have to address the signage. Barry, I, I wish you the best of luck. I appreciate your time. Barry Garvin from Fretz Music. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 heading northbound is closed at the moment between Junction 2 um, for Beaconsfield and Junction 3 at Loudwater due to an accident that happened earlier on this morning. That's also causing heavy traffic at the moment on the M40 London bound now between Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabout and Junction 3 at Loudwater on camera looking very slow at the moment. Also queuing on the A355 heading northbound just at London Road isn't being helped by the problems on the M40. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, that's looking rather the slow as well on camera from Junction 17 at Maple Cross to Junction 15, the Thorny Interchange. The M1 slow heading southbound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and Junction 9 at Redbourne and delays of up to half an hour on First Capital Connect between Luton and St Pancras International, also affecting East Midland trains as well. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Jane Killick. There's international calls for an inquiry into the downing of a Malaysian airliner over Ukraine. The US vice president says the plane was apparently blown out of the sky, killing almost 300 people. There are calls for tougher penalties for drivers who kill cyclists. A Freedom of Information request by the BBC to all UK police forces found that a quarter of those convicted weren't banned from driving. Controversial roadworks in Hemel Hempstead that caused businesses to lose thousands of pounds have been branded a complete waste of money. This weekend, a street festival is being held in the Old Town for the official opening of the new high street. The weather, hot, humid and mainly sunny. On to sport and we start with golf. It's raining and the wind is getting up on the second day of the open golf at Hoylake. But leader Rory McIlroy doesn't tee off until 2.30 when conditions could have improved. He's one shot ahead of Italy's Matteo Manassero and two ahead of the group that includes Adam Scott, Sergio Garcia and Jim Farouk with Tiger Woods just three shots off the pace. High Wycombe's Tyrell Hatton shot a three-over par round yesterday and was disappointed with one hole in particular. I just had one bad hole, I think it was on five. Uh, I made triple there and it's a good birdie opportunity. So, um, yeah, I let four shots go on the field there, I think. But apart from that, I played OK. My putter was really good. I held quite a few par putts from, like, six, seven feet. But it got a little bit tricky on the back nine as the wind started to pick up. In cricket, Jeff Boycott claims Alistair Cook will never make it as a tactical captain after England let India off the hook in the second test at Lords. The tourists recovered from 145 for seven to 290 for nine, with Boycott highly critical of England's short-pitched bowling and some of Cook's field placings. 
In last night's football friendlies, Luton Town beat Hitchin 5-0, striker Alex Wall scored a hat-trick and there were goals from Sean Wally and Mark Cullen. Borehamwood lost 3-1 at home to Brentford. In athletics, Milton Keynes long jumper Greg Rutherford has pulled out of the anniversary games in London this Sunday. It's as a precaution to prepare for the Commonwealth Games. He also didn't compete at last weekend's Glasgow Grand Prix after suffering a knee problem in warm-up. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're asking after the uh, Malaysian, second Malaysian di- air disaster this year, would that put you off flying at all? It can't really, can it? If you've got any sense... Uh, th- th- this this won't put you off flying. I mean, even the most nervous flyer would realise that this... Surely this, and this this may sound cold, statistically, this makes the air safer, doesn't it? Yeah, I might have a look at my route more carefully. Yeah, you make sure it's not flying over Ukraine. But, but, but statistically, there have been two big air disasters this year. So that means that you're probably the safest you've ever been in the air. Air disasters are so rare that to have two so close together, you're probably really, really safe, if that makes any sense. Is there a mathematician who can uh, verify what I've just said? You're certainly safer than riding your bike or well, driving it certainly your car. Is. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. We're also talking about bikes as well. What, what have we got on the Texas? Um, well, th- lots of talk about uh, the signal this morning. I think atmospherics oh. are playing a part. Oh, blimey. Keep drifting away on 95.5. Technical, methinks. Reverted to medium wave, so you're sounding like a pirate DJ, says Mike in Bedford. This one's going out to all the boys and girls out there in North London. <laughs> Yeah, like that. We've also um, had this one through about... It's good, um, though, isn't it? Yeah, about the cyclist story. Yeah. I've never had much sympathy for any cyclist I see. Oh. It's badly a significant... I see how badly a significant proportion of them behave on roads, and it's always the driver's fault, says Dave. Well, um, the... uh, Well, yeah, some of them do behave appallingly, but it it doesn't warrant... The the lad we spoke to doesn't warrant being... He sounded like he was obeying the, the rules of the road. Even if he wasn't, let's assume he wasn't for a second, and warrant being run over by a truck and having it go completely over you at all. What happened to your transmission that keeps going off or into mono? Hey... Back to mono, guys. Oh, I got. Um, shall I read? The, shall I read this drop email? Oh, go on. Oh, it annoys you, doesn't it? It upsets me. It hurts, it hurts my feelings more than anything. But go on. Uh, it'll make you stronger. Go on. Oh, I got fired at first. <laughs> how come we got no phone calls? They got bored of us. We've got Dennis. Mm. Like I say, how come we got no phone calls? They bored of us. <laughs> me and Dennis have a chat every single day. Yeah, I know you do. He's had a new grandchild. Yeah, I know. No, this is brand new information. A new, one. A new, new a one. brand new, new one. Jeez. Little boy. Quite oh, game. No, we're not, we're not that desperate. Well, let, well, let's, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I, I, we like <clears> Dennis. No, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're not going to read that email because it's not very nice. We're not going to talk to Dennis. We are going to sit here and we are going to wait for somebody who we have never spoken to before. Oh. Yeah. No, listen, if we're going to play cards, we're going to play strip cards. We are going to sit and wait for a phone call. No, not literally, Kelly. Oh, sorry. Um, we're going to sit and wait for a phone call from somebody who has never called this show before. I can hear you banging the desk. I'm banging the desk firmly with Peter Pointer. How, how do they do that? 
08459 455 555. And we're we're just going to sit... I I have got all day. It's your time you're wasting, not mine. Well, um... Mine as well. Well, I mean, technically, it's all of our time. I get paid whatever. I think. And I need to... I must make a quick phone call to my agent at the top of the hour just to, to, to verify that. Um... So I can sit here and do nothing, or I can sit and have a nice conversation with a new, with a long-time listener, first-time caller. I like those. Yeah, I like those. Or, or like first-time listener, first-time caller. Because you know they're sitting there thinking, oh, I think he means me, but I'm oh, talking I don't to you. Talk. Talking to you, mate, lady, love, fella, son, daughter, sunshine. Not talking to Mohammed. He was a plum. Well, that Mohammed was. There's probably a nice one. It works. Well, hang on. Let's just see. <laughs> let's just see. Seriously, I'm not. Why, why, why should I do all the work? You do some work, dear listener. You've put your hand in the lucky oh, dip. Let's see name? who's popping out. Okay, fine. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I want new callers. Oh, you've spoken to JVS, but not to Ian. Perfect. Would you be? Are you happy if I put you straight? Perfect. Down? Whereabouts are you calling from? Lovely sound the line. Liz from Hitching, Fader One. Liz, good morning, Liz. Good morning, Ian. How are you this morning? I'm very well. Yourself? I'm all right. Did you hear the thunderstorms last night? Yes, I did. It kept me awake. I don't like them. Do you not like them? I find them very comforting. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Do you get a bit jittery? I had to come downstairs, yes. I did you like... really? Yes. It takes a lot to drag me out of bed when I can't sleep. <laughs> it, it, I, I, I prefer to stay in bed and be grumpy. Oh, right. No, no, I did get up. I'm worried about the rabbit. I hope the rabbit's okay. The rabbit? Yeah, yeah. we've got a rabbit in the garden, Benji Bunny. Oh, okay, and yes. I, I'm, I'm just hoping that he survived. Well, I'm hoping he survived the night, as I always do, but that the storm didn't panic him too much. Well, did you not go and check this morning before you came out? Ah, I couldn't be bothered. I'm not, I'm not that worried. Well, no, I didn't, because it was, it was very dark, and um, it, it, I have trouble locking and unlocking my back door. Ah. Oh. Which is the problem. So, Liz, listen, you've called in JVS. Are you a regular caller to Jonathan? Um, I have been on Jonathan's... I have come into the studio as well. Oh. Yes. Are you a local celebrity? Oh, yes. Tell me why, Liz. Well, first of all, um, it was about... Um, Jonathan went to the dentist with me. Why? Were you scared of that as well? Yes, I haven't been to the dentist. Oh, no. I hadn't been to the dentist at that time for about 33 years. <gasps> Liz! <laughs> You're supposed to go every six months. I <laughs> do now. How do, and, and he came to hold your hand? Yes. Oh, isn't that nice of him? Yes. Uh, he, uh, how, did, how did that go? It went very well. I was very nervous, but it went well, yes. Were your teeth all right? Yes, they were fine. I do think... I do think dentists, along with uh, iced coffee and organic food, are one of the biggest cons <laughs> in society. Because they do that... Uh, every time I go to the dentist, Liz... Think wrong, don't they? There's something... Oh, you need, uh, little f- you need a little bit of work there. You need, you, need to go and s- you need to go and see the hygienist. Yes. That's the one. That's where they get the money. And I, I, I kind of think... If you've not been for 33 years mm. and your teeth are all right, you brush your teeth, don't you? brush my teeth regularly. Yeah, yeah, I brush my teeth. My teeth are fine. And yet every time I go, yeah, you're going to need this, you're going to need to go to the hygienist. You go, ah. So I, I think the dentists are a bit of a con. Yes, I think so as well. What else have you done with JVS? Um, came in about being left-handed. Oh, you're, you're one of them, are you? Yes. Oh, dear. Have you got left-handed scissors? No. Oh. Left-handed can opener? <laughs> no. Left-handed screwdriver? No, not left-handed anything. Oh, okay. 
My friend, who I saw yesterday, used to be a left-hander, and he's old enough, being 42, he's old enough, and he comes from Cornwall, or Devon, Devon, uh, that they made him become a right-hander at school. And I I don't know, did they tie his hand behind his back, or did I dream that? They certainly would tell him off if he he was seen using his left hand. I was told off quite a bit as well. Really? Mm. Hmm. Why did anybody ever think... Uh, in the in you know within living memory that it was bad to be a left-hander. I really don't know. It's odd, isn't it? Some of the most Paul McCartney's a left-hander. Jimi Hendrix was a left-hander. <laughs> Ka- Catherine, My mum. Catherine's mum is a left. What? Yes, yeah, she is. Oh. Was she in the Beatles? No, but she's very creative and nice. There you go. You see, creative, nice people. I'm very nice. Yes. Well, I- I'm picking that up. Okay, so that, is, is there a third incident with Jonathan Vernon Smith you've had? or you sound, You're beginning to sound, with the greatest of respect, like a little bit of a stalker. <laughs> I've spoken to Justin. Oh, dear, I'm so sorry about that, Liz. Uh, listen, if you, if you want to sue the BBC, what did Justin say to you? Um, he was outside Peacocks when Peacocks were going into liquidation. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And, yes, and I spoke to Justin, yes. Oh, dear. Well, I'm, I, I hope you've managed to overcome that trauma. Liz, listen, while I've got you on, the, this, the, this uh, uh, the Malaysian airline thing, was something like this put you off flying? I don't like flying anyway. Oh, yeah. Liz, for... <laughs> Oh dear! Let's, so let's let's go through the uh, the Liz list. <laughs> you don't like dentists. No. You don't like uh, thunderstorms. No. You don't like flying. No. What do you do? Not a lot. Oh man. Where I does, work a lot. Where does all this this uh, th- this nervousness come from? I'm all right once I'm up in the air. Yeah. Taking off from the landing, I just I just well, it's just like a white knuckle ride. My fingers go white. I perspire. Yeah. Head to foot, and I just think, oh, my God, what am I doing? Do you know what? I used to be the same, not quite as bad, but I used to be the same with with, uh, the whole flight, and then it was just take off and landing. I still get quite ill during the landing. My ears really hurt, and I feel nauseous. Mm. But I'm not particularly scared anymore. I don't like looking out of the window. I don't want to see what's going on. I'm all right once I'm up, and I'm on the aisle, the seat of the aisle, and I'm all right. Oh, aisle seat every time, definitely. Definitely. Although then you've got the people who want to get past for a week just as you're, you're dozing off. <laughs> but so with something like this then, this must terrify the life out of you. What's that? This Malaysian airplane that's been shot down. Yeah, but I haven't been on a plane for about 13 years now. So. Oh, blimey. Hey, here, here you go. Get JVS. <laughs> to take me on a plane? Yeah, to buy, pay for a trip to New York or something. He can, he can buy the ticket. Uh, uh, we'll sort this out. Right, JVS is going to buy you a ticket to New York. He's going <laughs> to fly with you, and then you can go have a nice little shopping spree. <laughs> Liz, leave it to me. I'll have a word with Jonathan. We'll sort that out. Thank you, Liz. There we go. You Good see? idea. Good idea. Jonathan, I've got your feature. It's going to cost you a few hundred quid. Don't worry about it. I won't take any commission from that. That's yours. You can have that. There's, there's your Sony. Now, see, that was nice. A caller we've never had on the show before, and we learnt a lot. We learnt that Liz is a baby. Oh. Is a big baby. But she's interesting. She's interesting, you see. You see, that was worth holding out for. I sat next to a nervous flyer on our return journey from New York when we just got engaged me. So you got engaged to a nervous flyer? No, I got engaged to somebody else, but we got separa- Your husband? Yeah. Why would you now, get engaged to someone you're married to? Um, well, we weren't married then. I can just keep them coming if you want. Yeah. Anyway, so we got separated, and I ended up holding this... You got separated from your husband? That's really sad. Why didn't you tell us? <laughs> he was sitting across the plane. 
Are you still together? Yeah, we are now. Oh, anyway, you got, so you got back together. Well, that's nice. <laughs> At the end, but there's hope for everyone. So you but, got separated from your husband, and but, then you, you, you've reconciled. But on the and way, now they're engaged. Yeah, again. So the point. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can be engaged to your husband. Um, the point is. I so just, is your husband okay with flying now or not? I'm confused. <laughs> we can keep him coming. The point was. Yeah. The funny thing about that story was. Oh, there's a funny thing oh. to this story. Okay, <laughs> hang on, let me get comfy. Hang on, let me have a little. Hang on, let me have a little sip of coffee. Hang on. I'd like right. another coffee actually. I'm and ready. Go. Funny what was the funny about bit? That story the funny was... bit of the story is. I just got. I tell you what, we'll find out after this. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 heading northbound is closed after an accident that happened earlier between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and also Junction 3 for Loudwater. Now seeing congestion to Junction 1A for the M25. Looking rather slow as well on the M40 London bound as people slow down to see what's going on. And also taking a look at the A355, that's looking rather slow heading northbound at London Road. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, that's rather slow moving from Junction 17 at Maple Cross to Junction 15 for the thorny interchange and queuing at the moment on the Barnet bypass heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Disruption on First Capital Connect of about half an hour between Luton and St Pancras International also affecting East Midland trains between Luton and St Pancras as well. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. Coming up, the funny part of Catherine's divorce story. I don't quite know how that's going to pan out. It sounded very tragic, but it's 7.46. It's Friday, the 18th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There is international calls for an investigation into the shooting down of an airliner over Ukraine with the death of almost 300 people. Only a quarter of drivers convicted for killing cyclists on the road are sent to jail. And the revamp of Hemel Hempstead Old Town is being branded a waste of money ahead of a festival this weekend. Coming up, Ants Bants and the funny part of Catherine story. Before that, let's get the weather. Here's Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, not much funny uh, about my part of the story because we've had some torrential downpours through the night. Largely they've cleared away but the heat is building once more and we're going to run the risk of further torrential downpours through the latter part of today and through much of this weekend too. Actually at the moment things are drying out nicely. We've got some good sunshine out there. The temperatures are rising. They didn't fall too far overnight and we're at 18 degrees at the moment in some spots 20 degrees towards High Wycombe just now so uh, the temperatures will continue to rise we're looking at highs today certainly touching 30 uh, but somewhere in our part of the world is looking at 31 or 32 degrees through the day today another hot day then the hottest day of the year so far uh, dry and sunny for a good deal of it but late this afternoon into the evening further thundery showers to make their way in from the south we've got a Met Office weather warning in force from tonight right the way through the day tomorrow because we'll continue with them through the night and they'll continue through the day tomorrow as well. At this point, looks like we'll start with some torrential downpours, then we might have a drier interlude for a time before the heat once again sparks off showers in the afternoon tomorrow and further of them move in from the south. Cater for them right the way through the day then. Uh, they are actually torrential enough that we do have that Met Office weather warning in force and still some around on Sunday. Looks like the bulk of them could stay out towards the east, but running the risk of them still on Sunday. Monday should be drier and fresher with highs of around 24 or 25 degrees. But for now... We're watching these torrential downpours come in through the night tonight. 
every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show, 9 o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person can sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, so a little recap. Before the uh, travel and the news, Catherine was telling us how she met her husband in a nervous flyers uh, rehabilitation group. They then went on a flight to Saudi Arabia. Uh, He was nervous. uh, And since then, they've uh, divorced, but they're working on their relationship and getting back together. That's great. You're going to get to the funny part of the story now. That's lovely, and that's someone else's story. My story was, we got engaged in New York, and on the way back, we got separated because we hadn't got, like, pre-booked seats. That was I ended up sitting next to a very nervous flyer. Was he handsome? She. Oh, I say, how oh, modern. Held my hand. Oh! All the way up. Oh! And all the way down again. They do. That was the funny thing about it. I just got engaged to someone, but I ended up with another woman on the return leg. And we've been very happy ever since. I bet your fiancé um, loved that. But he thought, qua. Eh? Qua. Eh? Did um, he think that? Did he, did he look over and go, Quah, give you the wink and the thumbs he's up, not, as if to say, it's all right by me, girl. He's not a crow. What's qua? Qua. What's the funny bit? Is that still coming up? They're holding someone else's hand when you just got engaged. It's I don't think, kind of not allowed. I don't think separating from your husband is particularly funny. I mean, I can understand why you'd want to, you know, try and make light of that, but... Uh, we weren't married. But so you've married this woman now? Yeah, What's okay. her name? Yeah, OK. Um, Julie. That's nice. Yeah. What Very does she happy. do? Um, holds my hand. I don't know if I approve, to be honest. Why? Well, you know, this same-sex marriage thing, I'm not really convinced. You've demeaned my marriage by doing that, haven't you? Have I? Yeah, of course you have. Sorry about that. But, you know, if you love someone... I suppose so. As long as you don't ram it down my throat, eh? But still... Qua. Eh? Qua. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Chuck. Now, last week, we were invaded by uh, flying ants. Has Justin written this cue? Is this a Justin cue? Yes, I didn't touch it. I thought I'd leave it <laughs> right. as it was. Is he referring to them as flants yet? <laughs> I've not got that big a problem with flying ants, OK? But Justin hates them. He's offended by them, nay, scared of them. So I'm going to read this as it's written by Justin Daly, OK? Do it in his voice. Last weekend, girl, we were invaded by disgusting, evil flying ants. <laughs> That's what he's written! That's what he's written! Well... We have an exclusive coming up in a moment. But first, we sent me, Justin Dealey, onto the streets to ask the all-important question. Flying ants, why? The question is, Mick, flying ants, why? Well, they're... uh... Can I just say, he's doing the voice he does when he's going to someone whose house has just burnt down and they've lost their pet dog. He's doing that voice. The future queens, aren't they? They fly away so they can start new colonies. They're sat here about two o'clock in the afternoon. Thousands of them. Jay, the big question on Ian's show this morning. Flying ants, why? Uh, weather, humid weather, I suppose. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Did they attack you? They attack the bus. 
anything white. Anything white? You've got anything white on, you've got a white shirt on, you'll be covered in them. It's like if you've got yellow on, a wasp will come on to you. What about other colours then that we should be wary of? Green. They might think you work at Asda's. Well, evolution. If they grow, most uh, some species of ants, when they grow, they grow feathers. It's a species. Probably if it has never been here, it has emigrated. Maybe from the Middle East, Far East, something like that. So what you're saying is then over the weekend we were invaded by illegal foreign immigrants. That's what you're saying, isn't it, correct? Uh, yeah, in a matter of speaking, in a matter of speaking. Morning, Gov. Flying ants, why? It's due to thunderstorms are on the way, apparently. Is that what it is? Apparently. Lorraine, you're a cyclist. Lovely, lovely bike. Now, talk to me about these flying ants, the flants, having some ants bants this morning. Were you attacked by flying ants at the weekend? Not attacked by them, but there were, were a lot in the, around the garden. Yeah. Our big question this morning, Ian Lee wants to know, flying ants, why? No, uh, the weather, humid, very humid. Are they going to come back? I have no idea. I'm not an ant specialist. <laughs> I'm going to go and try and find one. OK, OK. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Well, that uh, lady may not have been an ant specialist, but Adam Hart is. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. Uh, We heard a lot of uh, what sounded like baloney there. Was was any of that true? One gentleman said that we had the flying ants because thunderstorms were coming, and we have thunderstorms. Is there a connection? Um, Well, it's often said that there is, but actually, I mean, we've been doing this flying ant survey now for three years, and if you look back through the data that we've got, there seems to be no connection at all, but it's actually, it's quite a complex data analysis um, sort of exercise that we're doing, so we can't say for sure, but the fact is, we live in Britain, which is surrounded by sea, when it gets warm, we get thunderstorms, and at some point we also get flying ants, Um, you know, I had flying ants yesterday, I didn't have any thunder today, you know, so these sorts of things are very, very difficult to piece together, it doesn't seem as though thunderstorms are necessarily a factor but certainly warm weather is because as one of your um, Vox Pops people said um, this is all about ants reproducing and it's all about ant colonies sending out new queens uh-huh. and new males and obviously they want to they want to go out and fly when it's nice and warm because it's easy for them to do um, it's quite good if the ground is a little bit moist or is about to be because the queens are going to be sort of deep, uh, digging down and making a new nest so all of these things are likely to be important but what's What's interesting is that now, because of kind of citizen science, because of the internet and because of of, um, mobile phone technology and things, we can gather data, you know, we can be everywhere at all times, and that's what we're doing with this. We're getting people to report their sightings, and then we can look at Met Office data, we can look at all the other kind of bits and pieces, and we can try and piece together exactly why they do it, because interestingly, although they do this every year, this isn't some unusual thing. In fact, this year is... um, uh, a different pattern from the year before and a different pattern from the year before that. You know, this isn't unusual. Um, we actually don't know very much about it because it's only recently that we've been able to, to have everyone everywhere reporting their sightings and start to do this kind of joining up exercise. So is there, there is, is the flying ant day a myth? For me, it was yeah. last Saturday where uh, there were loads of them. Absolutely a myth. Right. Um, so let, let me quickly go through the data that we've got so far. Year one, two years ago, um, we had two big peaks. One was in late July and one was in kind of uh, mid-August. And we thought, oh, okay, well, there's kind of two flying ant days. But actually, when you look at the data, it's sort of three or four days either side. It's more like two flying ant weeks. And we thought, well, that's quite interesting. Um, Last year, the weather was glorious. 
and we ended up with a pulse every sort of 10 days, 12 oh. days, of yet more flying ants. We never had days when people weren't reporting them. So there was almost like a flying ant month, month and a half last year. This year it started even earlier. Um, I think this time last year we had something like 200 reports. This time we've already got... Um, uh, nearly 2,000, and that's not down to more publicity. If anything, we've had less publicity this year for it. It's, it's just down to different patterns, different weather, different things going on, and, and that's what we're trying to tease out with, with getting people to report their sightings. Are, we had another voice there say that all of the flying ants are queens. Are they all queens, or are some no. of them butch? No, some of them are butch, some of them are males. Um, so they release queens and males. The thing is, the females don't want to mate with their brothers, so they won't mate inside their own colony, so they have to go out um, and mate with males from other colonies. And, and this is called a nuptial flight, actually. In, oh, in, romantic. In, yeah, it's very romantic. So it's, it's basically a giant orgy in the sky. It's, oh, not quite so romantic. <laughs> it's less romantic when you, when you get up close, but um, as is often the case. But, yes, it's, um, it's males and females. And you can see in, in the most common species we've got, if you look at the flying ants, which people often don't do, we kind of see them buzzing around and we just dismiss them. But go up close and have a look at them. They, they won't hurt you. They're completely harmless. And you'll see that there are two different sizes. And the larger ones are the females um, that could become queens. You know, they could start a new colony if they survive the onslaught of seagulls and various other things. And the smaller ones are the males that are going to be mating with them. Uh, and finally, Adam, you're saying you're, you're, you're collecting data from everywhere. Can, can listeners get involved? Yes, if you, the best thing to do is just Google Flying Ant Survey, and um, the first hit there will take you straight to the Society of Biology's um, survey page. And it's really, really simple. All we want is where you saw them and when you saw them, basically. You can add more information if you want. Um, that's an option. But the very basic detail is where, where and when. Um, that could be your postcode, could be your, if you've got a GPS-enabled phone, you can upload all sorts of bits, bits and pieces. But it's incredibly simple. It takes about 15 seconds to put it in. It's just a postcode and the time. And where did the, and sorry, the where, what's the website? Where do they go for that? Uh, the easiest way is just a Google Flying Ant Survey, and okay. then you'll find it. Adam, thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely glad there are people like you researching this kind of stuff, because this is the kind of stuff that drives me nuts. Adam Hart, uh, who is an, uh, an entomologist, but also an ant expert. He was good, Kath. He was really good. Did Justin sort him out? Yeah. Really? Yes, one of Justin's. That's funny, isn't it? Because when you look at the fella and he's just a plum, but he, he's, he's got a look. It was good, that. Yeah, well, thank you. I didn't know what she said. Oh, wait, four, five, nine. Pick us a winner, Kelly. I'm blowing my nose. Yeah, pick us a winner. That doesn't work for that. So. Oh, well, when a finger is up the nose, that's not a blow. I, my finger was not up my nose. Your finger was totes up, up nose. I've got tissue here. It, your finger was T-U-N. That's my That's T-U-N. My T-U-N. Totes up nose. <laughs> pick us a winner. Y-I. Y-A-I. Y-A-I. You. Your. An. Oh, for goodness sakes. Y-A-T. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M at 40 heading northbound, closed at the moment between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 3 for Loudwater following an accident earlier. Now looking busy from Junction 1A, the M25. Taking a look at the moment in the A355 heading northbound, that's looking rather slow as well, um, just at London Road. And rather heavy moving on the A40, London Road heading northbound between Beaconsfield and High Wycombe. The M25 looking heavy heading anti-clockwise from Junction 17 at Maple Cross to Junction 15, the Thorny Interchange and delays of up to half an hour on East Midland trains between Luton and St Pancras International. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Nicola. So this morning, it were lots to talk about cycling, 
Are you put off flying because of what's happened uh, overnight? And it's an open house. You can come in and talk about anything you want. Is that right, honey? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, Russia and Ukraine blame each other for bringing down a Malaysian airliner. Calls for tougher penalties for killing cyclists and shopkeepers in Hemel Old Town hope a festival tomorrow will bring back customers. BBC Three Counties Radio. The US is leading demands by the international community for all sides in the conflict in eastern Ukraine to support an immediate ceasefire to allow an investigation into the shooting down of a Malaysia Airlines jet. Nearly 300 people died. Nine Britons are said to be among the victims. Lord Peter Truscott, a former Labour MEP for Hertfordshire, who is a member of the EU delegation to Russia says it will probably take some time to identify who's to blame. It would have to be a pretty sophisticated missile, so that would mean that it's either been taken from uh, the Ukrainian military or the Russian military, or it's been uh, fired by the military. So I, I don't think we'll get to the bottom of this until there is a full investigation, but, but I think our thoughts at the moment should be really uh, with the, the families of those that have appeared to have died uh, and their loved ones. There are calls for tougher penalties for drivers who kill cyclists. A Freedom of Information request by the BBC to all UK police forces found that a quarter of those convicted weren't banned from driving. Cyclist Bart had a lucky escape when he was run over by a lorry. I screamed. I was absolutely helpless there. So I went under the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, I was expecting to, to die under there. I was just waiting for the lights to go out, really. My eyes were open. I saw... The truck thunder over me. I was right in between the left and right wheels. A report into claims that hardline Muslims tried to infiltrate schools in Birmingham is said to have found evidence of coordinated action to introduce what's described as an aggressive Islamist agenda. The Guardian newspaper says it's seen a leaked copy of the report, which was commissioned by the Department for Education. Shopkeepers in Hemel Hempstead's Old Town say they're still struggling on the eve of a festival to celebrate its new look. The scheme's been beset with problems since the work began last June. Barry Garvin from Fret's Music Shop says he'll wait until December to see if his business will survive because, at the moment, the customers haven't come back. The road is still like a ghost town. It looks fantastic and it would make a great backdrop for something like Midsummer Murders. But people aren't coming up because they come up, they look at the parking bays, they look at the signage. And, I, you know, I'm confused by it. I can't see where you can park and where you can't. 40% of adults in England could be offered statin drugs to protect them against heart attacks and strokes under new guidelines for the NHS. The National Institute for Health and Care Excellence says the threshold for starting preventive treatment should be extended to people at lower risk. A memorial service is being held today for the son of a Luton woman who died in Nepal last year. The body of 23-year-old Matthew Allpress was found in the mountains where he'd been trekking. Friends and family will be attending the service in Australia, where Matt lived. And in football last night, Luton Town beat Hitchin 5-0 in their friendly. The weather, a hot and humid day with good sunny spells and a risk of one or two heavy thundery showers. Temperatures up to 32 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. When you go out, even just walking your dog of an evening, people will stop and chat to you. It's all about where you live. It's a gorgeous village, very picturesque. It has a 
lovely meal. And all this week, we're featuring some of our North Bedfordshire villages. It's a good old, old community, a bit like the Hot Fuzz community. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Six minutes away from the weekend, baby. Lots to talk about this morning. We'll be talking about cycling. How safe do you feel on the roads? We heard from uh, Paul Scorings, political reporter, earlier on. Some idiot on a motorbike tried to push him off his bicycle last night. Horrible, horrible people. We're also going to be talking about cherries. It, it says on my screen. Are you put off flying after the uh, Malaysian Airlines disaster yesterday? And basically, it's an open it's an open door policy this morning. You can come in about anything you want. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now! <laughs> Sorry? I thought you'd done... Now, campaign groups are... Sorry? <laughs> Why have you got our mic open? Because I wanted to see you panic. It's just playing us giggle. OK. So I'm not giggling anymore. Good. Get on with it. OK. Now, campaign groups. Why are we... <laughs> Stop giggling. Stop opening that microphone. I'm doing it to make you panic. It's just making me giggle. Okay, well, uh, I won't stop until you're panicked. Okay. Okay. Now, campaign groups are calling. Ah! Panic. That's better. Thanks. Why are we talking about cherries later on? Richard wants to. <sighs> you said they could talk about anything. This yep. is what you're going to get. <laughs> but Richard in Winslow, of all people. Now, dear boy, I want to say. He's calling it the cherry conundrum, so. <sighs> Flipping it. Okay, well, we, we'll be talking to Richard and Winslow about cherries later on if we're, we're totally desperate. Now, campaign groups. Campaign groups are calling for tougher sentencing after a BBC investigation found you've got a less than 50% chance of being jailed if you hit and kill a cyclist. There have been 20 such deaths in the three counties since 2007. 15 of those drivers were convicted, only nine went to prison, and the average sentence is two years. Well, Carlton Reid is executive editor of BikeBiz.com. That's biz with a B-I-Z. And Brian Gregory is director of the Alliance of British Drivers. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Carlton, as a cyclist, are you surprised by these figures we're hearing about today? No, I'm not surprised. I'm kind of shocked that uh, you're more likely to go to, to jail if you, you kill a pedestrian, which I, I find that very strange, that there is this disparity in, in sentencing. Why do you think we have this, this, this disparity? Is it because the, the cyclists perhaps are sometimes part of the problem as well? Uh, well, cyclists aren't the one um, killing people. So the, clearly the, the problem is the people that are, are, are killing people. I think it boils down to we don't really take road safety really genuinely seriously in this country. And, and the, the sentencing uh, totally re- reflects that. And the, the, the news story that uh, the BBC has got online... Uh, has a, a quote from from somebody who's going through the judicial uh, process, who's saying, "I just didn't see somebody on the road. Why should I go to jail for that?" Well, that that captures it in a in a nutshell, really. Because if the sentencing was tougher, then maybe people would take uh, more attention, pay more attention on the road 
to, to people who aren't in, in armour. Brian, from the, the uh, Alliance of British Drivers, it's all the driver's fault. Yeah, well, it's always all the driver's fault. And, and the very fact that what Carlton just sh- said shows the problem we're up against. The, the precipitating factor looked but did not see is hugely um, evident in an awful lot of road accidents. And it's caused by something called saccadic masking. And what happens is when you're at a junction as a driver and you're looking for other vehicles, your eye... Um, you can't capture all the images as you pan and look. So your, your, your brain sort of takes snapshots. Um, and in between there are saccades where you, you move. And in the saccades, your eye just sort of fills, your brain fills the gaps in. And it's quite easy to miss not just cyclists, motorcycles, other vehicles. And that's why we get so many look but did not see accidents. And you actually need to be trained to avoid the onset of saccadic masking. Carlton? So, you know, this is the problem. What we need to do is forensically analyse all the road accidents, pedestrian and cyclist, find out what the actual predominant precipitating factors are, and then put our po- or fix our policies based on what's the optimal solution. Not just knee-jerk, oh, okay. ban them all, put them all in prison because it's all their fault, because it may not be. Brian, let Carlton let's come in. Carlton, right. Carlton what, what do you say to that? Uh, well, if, if that's true, then that just means people should be taking even more care. Yes, but you need to, to reflect that even it, more carefully that's if that science is correct. If, if Brian is saying that people genuinely can't see, well, we need the sentence to reflect that they ought to see because these are vulnerable people on roads. Yeah, I agree entirely with that, and we need to make sure that everybody's trained to deal with those situations, and, and cyclists need, under, under a lot of circumstances, to cycle defensively, because as Carlton rightly pointed out, in general, in, in a collision between a cyclist and a motor vehicle, the cyclist's going to come off worst. There are some terrible drivers, Brian, who have no respect for cyclists, who uh, drive far too close to them, who, who park, yeah. who pull up at traffic lights in that section that's reserved... For bicycles, that, that they are, that there is a huge problem with a big number of drivers. Yeah, and there's a, sign- a problem with a significant number of cyclists. I've been involved. Well, I was observed one incident myself, and, and was involved in one where I nearly collected a cyclist simply because he was travelling in an area with no street lights, and it, and it went into a dip. And he was just not wearing anything. Right, well, well, don't, don't worry. We'll get to that point in a second with Carlton. I'm, no. I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that anybody is blameless, but what we need to do is, as I said, we need to, to look at the science and the statistics of the accidents, the predominant precipitating factors, and adjust our policies accordingly. Uh, Brian, I will, put that, I will put the point about dodgy cyclists to Carlton in a second. Don't worry, it's not, it's not completely <laughs> one-sided. But, but what do we do? Surely drivers who, who do drive badly and who, who don't... Uh, respect cyclists uh, and cause accidents, then they should be punished more severely, shouldn't they? If, if they've done something with malice of forethought, absolutely, because, you know, in general, most people do not go out with the intention of killing and maiming other road users. But if you go out and deliberately try to ruin somebody off the road, that's akin to walking into a pub or something but with but an eye bar. And not even deliberately, not even deliberately, just, just, just driving disrespectfully and, and badly. Should those people well, go to the prison? There's a difference, though, between malevolence and, and, and uh, either lack of knowledge or inconsideration, but that's a, that's a training and education issue that we need to address. Carlton, some cyclists don't do themselves any favours, do they? They wear dark clothes at night, they don't have lights on, uh, they jump through traffic lights. What about those cyclists? Well, that, that's, a, that's a whatabouty type of argument. Look that up on uh, 
on, on Google. It, it, no, I'm not going to. We're having a conversation, Carlton. If a cyclist, if a cyclist jumps through a traffic light and gets hit by a car, that's the cyclist's fault, isn't it? But that's what the judges are there for. So the judges will then decide all of these. What do you, uh, what do you think? What factors. do you think? If a cyclist jumps through a red light and is hit by a car coming from the side, do you think that's the cyclist's fault? Should, should that, if that cyclist is killed, should that driver go to prison? But that's what the judge is there for. But what do you think, Carlton? Asking, I'm asking for your opinion. Well, of course, that, that would be a mitigating factor. So that, that's the, the cyclist's the, fault, the, isn't what, it? What, what the BBC has found out is that people aren't being jailed no, no, but when they have been convicted. So, uh, Well, maybe that's part of the reason. Maybe that's one of the stories. Carlton, uh, I'm just asking your opinion as, as, as the editor of ByteBiz.com. Uh, I, I gave my opinion. I said there are mitigating factors there. So, so, that, clearly, so that is the cyclist's fault? Well, each case is going to be different. No, but Carlton, I'm asking <laughs> you about a very specific incident. If a cyclist jumps through a red light and is hit by a car coming from the side... Is that the cyclist's well, fault, that's, yes that's, or no? That's, it's almost no, no point asking that. It's patently obvious. Of course, if the cyclist has caused it, there's no reason for that driver to go to jail. Thank However, you, Carlton. The, the, the case is... No, but is that, that, that wasn't the question. Up. That wasn't the question. The question was, is it the cyclist's fault? Well, if the cyclist has gone through a red light, then, of course, and the motorist hits that person, it is not the motorist's fault, because the motorist has, in okay. that particular example, has priority. But these are not the cases that are being brought up. The cases that are always in the media, and, and never that, I've never seen that before. It's always aggravating circumstances with, with motorists killing cyclists, and it's not that c- case. So bringing that one... No, but you're, say, you're saying that never happens. You're saying cyclists never jump through red lights and get hit by cars. No, I didn't say that. Of course I didn't say that. That happens. And most right. of us go through red lights all the time. But this, is, this is not a, a, a tit-for-tat thing. This is, the BBC has found that uh, judges are not sentencing people to jail for crimes. And why aren't they doing that? That, that, that is the, the, the crux of the problem here. Why a cyclist, you, you're less likely to get jailed if you kill a cyclist than if you kill a pedestrian. Neither of, uh, nobody wants to see pedestrians or cyclists killed, but there is a disparity in, in, in people going to jail. And if it's a 20% gap, there's something strange going on. Brian? Well, I think uh, uh, Carlton hit the nail on the head when, it, when he said that uh, you need, you know, there are always mitigating circumstances. You need to look at each, each uh, accident in forensic detail, and that's presumably what our judges are doing when they're sentencing people. You know, th- I, th- certainly people make errors of judgment, but the vast majority don't do it with the intention of hurting or, or killing somebody else. The ones that do, we need to bear on down, down on them extremely severely. Chaps, listen, fascinating conversation. I appreciate your time, both of you. It's Carlton Reid, executive editor of bikebiz.com. And the last voice you heard there was Brian Gregory, director of the Alliance of British Drivers. It's funny, isn't it? Um, Why is it? I I wouldn't ride a bicycle uh, in town. I wouldn't ride it in central London, definitely. Um, I, I wouldn't ride, ride it around here in Luton, to be honest. I bought one of those child seats when I had um, little... Oh, I couldn't do that. When I had my first, and it, I soon got put off actually riding the in child Because I felt it was irresponsible for me to do that. The child seats and those little um, kind of carriages that you pull behind They're you... Worse. ...that the kiddies sit in. I could, I could not do that. That would be terrifying. Terrifying. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel... Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still seeing Nicola on the hello. I'm, 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 yeah, no. Um, ha, have you I was been getting li- on a roll? No, I get off. Get <laughs> off the roll. Have you been listening this morning? 
Yeah, I always do when I dial in. Yeah. I'm always very amused. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure... You, mm, I don't know. Well, no, OK, we'll do this on it. I'm not sure you have been listening. Why? Well, you've, you've sent a really nice tweet, and I appreciate yeah. that. But the, see if you can spot what's wrong with this tweet that you've sent, OK? Oh, goodness me. Not Listen. only is doing the travel news for Ian Lee Breakfast <laughs> Show, BBC Three CR Entertaining, it's also hugely educational. Yeah. Hashtag Queen Bees. Yeah, you were talking about those um, orgies in the sky. Uh. <laughs> Does, do, Catherine, do you want to point out her mistake? We were talking about flants, not bees. <gasps> I'm going to delete that tweet. I would like way. you to delete that tweet. I would like you to issue an apology, which I will retweet, and then I'd like you to write that tweet again, but with the correct with flants, not queen bees. Okay, flants. All right, done. On you done. go, Nicola. Unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable right. The M40 heading northbound at the moment is closed between Junction Two for Beaconsfield and Junction Three for Loudwater due to an accident that happened earlier on. The M25 heading anti-clockwise. Reports of one lane being blocked at the moment. That's between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and Junction 16, the M40. Taking a look so far in Boreham Wood, the Barnet Bypass looking heavy heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And delays of up to 20 minutes on East Midland trains between Luton and St Pancras International also affecting First Capital Connect services. That's due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you. Do those tweets now, Nicola, won't you? Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much indeed. 8.17, it's Friday the 18th of July. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. America is leading for a call for a ceasefire in Ukraine to investigate the downing of a Malaysian airliner. There are calls for tougher penalties on drivers who kill cyclists, and a festival this weekend welcomes in the controversial revamped Hemel Old Town. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, I'm not normally one to talk about myself, but next Friday, I might make an exception. And the station, I think, when I launched it, I knew that it was going to sound pretty good. Well, I'm allowed this time. I'm celebrating 50 years of broadcasting. Caroline South, Tony Blackburn here with you. Tune to Radio Caroline on 199. Wonderful Miguel, the happy sound of Radio 1. Join me and relive some of my 50 years. It's not just me waffling on about me. I'll have some great music too. He's a 24-7 broadcaster and he will go on forever. 50 years of me next Friday night from 7 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Number one. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> it's true, that's what I'm going to do with that. Really? That's what I'm going to do with that little fun, yes. Oh, I see. I'm going to, have a, going, to, going to indulge myself. I see. You look really sleepy. You've got sleepy eyes. Oh, I'm so eyes. tired. What's wrong? I didn't sleep well last night. Oh, mate, why... It was the uh, hey? hey. It was the hey? it, it was the no. It was, oh. it was the thunder. Oh, wasn't oh, it terrible? Well, and it was so warm. I mean, I love the warm weather. <laughs> look at his eyes. I I had my fan on. <laughs> look at his eyes, Kath. Didn't you sleep in the nuddy? I, I don't sleep in the nuddy. That's unhygienic and disgusting. I slept... Last night it was hot. I slept in the nuddy. And we didn't, I didn't have a sheet on the bed either. Oh, this was insane. What, you slept on a mattress? Yeah, yeah. In, in the nude? In the nude. My that's disgusting. Sleep. You're like a tramp. <laughs> 
well, it was soaked with urine, actually. I think that's why <laughs> really? They, I think they're my boys. I think that's Gosh. why the shoe. So, but you look, oh, look at his eyes. Yeah, I'm look tired. Oh, I'm genuinely think, tired. You still look handsome, Jim. And, oh, thanks, oh, Kelly. Goodness. And yesterday wasn't a good eye. Good, good, uh, good afternoon. Sorry. My my cat's got fleas. <laughs> I've had to defumigate my house. Is that because you've let him out? I've, uh, yeah, because I've moved to this new house, yeah. and the cat, for the first time ever, he's now no longer a house cat. He gets to go outside. No, 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 no. You've got to keep what? him indoors for six weeks. What? No, but he, he only goes out in the garden when I'm there. Oh, Jonathan, no, you have to keep him indoors for six weeks. Why? Otherwise, he doesn't know where to He'll come back home. to. You'll go back. He'll go back to the. No, but he can't leave. It's, it's oh, yeah, secure. Cats, yeah, you're right. Cats, you've got a roof over the garden, have you? Pretty much. Well, you've got netting or something over the garden. It's, he can't get out. He's a cat. Cats I, can do anything. I, I can't go into detail, but uh, due to high-level security fencing, he can't get out. Have you got electric fence? Yeah. <laughs> so, Fantastic. Yeah. That's brilliant. And anyone who tries to break him will be shot. But uh, I, I've got fleas everywhere. <laughs> I noticed he was scratching, and yeah. I thought, oh, God. Yeah. So I went, I bought all this chemical stuff. He's had, uh, yeah. he's been defumigated. Okay. The house they'll, has been defumigated. Well, be the house, yeah, you won't get rid of those bad boys. Oh, it's just disgusting. That's it now. Everywhere. You, what you, do you... You look a bit itchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, do because that was part of the reason I didn't sleep last night. I was feeling itchy in bed. Do you need to scratch your neck or something? Do, no, I don't need to. Okay. Why are you looking at me as if I've got fleas all over me? I just thought I saw something move. <laughs> no, don't. No, I, do, don't. I, I just thought I did, but it's fine. Stop looking at me like that. I've not got fleas. Okay, if that's... Listen, you're the not, one that slept on a mattress in the news. There's the, you're the one that's got fleas in your house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's no shame in either of those <laughs> those things. At all? Oh no! Oh dear! So will they? Will they go now? I've never had fleas before. This is quite disgusting. My cat has never had fleas. Really? Yeah, she's a, she's a good girl. She's a clean girl. Uh, but you you need to deflea your cat every six months. Then you need no every every month. Oh, is it every month now? They say yes. Okay. It's all money, isn't it? It is all money. You need to get you need to get. Uh, a special um, comb as well and comb the fleas out. I've got the comb. You've got the comb. That's how I know there were fleas in him. Craig, you've got fleas, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. No, I haven't. <laughs> you've got some Hello, advice mate. for JVS. I have, yeah. Um, what you do is you need to get someone in. Buying stuff over the counter is really good for the people that sell it over the counter, but you have to be so thorough and you would have to buy so much. Yeah. Please lay their eggs in in and around the skirting, oh, and they only God. ever go on to the cat or you to feed. They don't stay on you. Oh my God! I know, and and you know they can lay dormant for a long, long time. Oh, I've been I've baby, been into a property that had been empty for three months, and it was it was due to be let. And as soon as I walked in, they start to hatch out when you breathe out carbon monoxide, uh, carbon dioxide out you of your breath. Activated the flea eggs. Absolutely, yeah. And it was like water on a drum. As you walked in, you could see the carpet moving. Oh, no. Well, this isn't like this. I mean, let's not be over the top about this, Craig. But it It could be. They breed very very quickly, don't they? It will be. They keep hatching and hatching. What you've got to do is treat around the skirting. That's the main area. And furnish it. And and I've I've vacuumed several times. In fact, I've vacuumed several times. My vacuum cleaner was really, really not sucking yesterday. I was doing it for hours. Have you emptied the bag? Of course. All right, okay, okay. Listen, just don't get defensive. Okay. Craig's trying to help you, mate. JDS, you know where you know where I am if, if in a week you've still got the problem. Why? What are you going to do? Well, we'll come out and treat you for you. Oh, I see. You're a pest controller, are you? Yeah, I am, yeah. Oh, I see. Would you recommend, Craig, that um, JVS buys a caravan and maybe... Uh, <laughs> 
and parks that in the drive and maybe sleeps in the caravan for a few weeks. I think he ought to sleep in the fridge. Yeah. In the fridge? In, in the nude. That in, in the news, that'd be a lot better for it. Craig, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> there we go, that's... that's uh... Well, I I feel destroyed. You should be. Are you sure that the fleas, they've not come from the new... I know you're going to a show, get ready for your show. Sorry, I could talk to you all morning. The fleas haven't, weren't in your new house. Well, the previous owner had a dog. Ladies and gentlemen, that's where you've got it from. You reckon? Yeah. You're, bla- you're publicly blaming the people that lived in the house before? Yep. Let's name and shame them. Right. Just give out their phone number. <laughs> anyway, listen, sorry, I've kept you for ages. You've got work to do. What's on your show this morning, Fleabag? <laughs> Fleabag? I, that's not going to stick. Uh, we'll, what, what, what do we reckon? Kath, Flea, Fleabag? Yeah. Fleabag nice. Vernon Smith? Fleabag. Ke- Kelly, you, you're, you're good with nicknames. You're young. Fleabag. Flevias. Fle- there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Flevias. <laughs> I hate you. What's on the Flevias show this morning, Fleabag? Coming up on this morning's big phone in, we are discussing the front page of oh. every single newspaper today. The front pages, they're dominated by the wreckage of Malaysian passenger flight MH17, which is thought to have been shot down by a surface to air missile in New. Ukrainian airspace. 298 people were killed, nine of whom were British. Foreign Secretary Philip Hammond has told the BBC that he's shocked, but he won't speculate yet on who's to blame. Russia has blamed Ukraine, whilst Ukraine has blamed militant separatists backed by Russia. Well, the US Senator John McCain has said that there will be hell to pay if we discover that Vladimir Putin was in some way responsible. And with reports the missile was Russian-made, anyone buying the Sun newspaper this morning will be confronted with the headline, Putin's Missile. Mm. Well, this morning, we'll hear expert analysis on the JVS show, and I want to hear your thoughts as well from Nine. What should Britain do if it turns out Russia shot the plane down? You can call me now. We'll talk about it after nine this morning on 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, talking about cycling, it's Kerry. Good morning, Kerry. Good morning. What you got for us, boss? Oh, uh, this has been a bugbear I've wanted to talk about for so long. Let it out, fella. Right, I cycle and I motorcycle... Uh, around Campton, Stondon, around the area I live, I always wear a real bright, high-visibility vest, which I think should be law in England. But what I'd like you to ask, or what I'd like to ask myself is, could some of these ignorant professional cyclists that I see that are wearing dark clothes, they're wearing black, uh, that don't wear high-visibility vests, they, they cycling groups of two or three when i'm out in my car you go around the blind bend near campton there's a crowd of them that come cycling around can they come on air and tell me why one they don't wear high visibility two they cycle in big groups even around blind bends are they are they just ignorant or what perhaps they'll come on and tell me the other thing is there's uh we, we cycle on well we go down the shepherd bypass and regularly we saw a young girl that we know from Arlesey always wearing black and uh, she's just come out of Addenbrooke's hospital she was hit on the bypass and in a way I don't think you should be blaming car drivers because we have not evolved to see people on bicycles it's scientific fact that the human eye hasn't evolved so 
please, let's make it law. Well, hang, hang on a second, Kerry. Are you, are you, I, I, don't, I don't quite understand this argument that, that car on. drivers can't see cyclists. Yeah, if it's night time and the cyclist is wearing black, then, then yeah, you know, and they've got no lights on, you, you can't, they're kind of idiots. But in the daytime, I, I see cyclists, I notice cyclists. Uh, no, you don't. It's been scientifically proven that you do not. Sorry, but... I you, don't remember doing undergoing you, any tests. You don't? Uh, you don't need to, because it's been proven. But, well, no, the, well the, I, I, the like to, I like, to, I like to question evidence. I, I, I can see cyclists. No, no, you can't. You don't. What, why did they invent camouflage to stop people being seen? Yeah, you don't get, you, you, don't, the, you don't get the soldiers riding a bike through the, uh, through the undergrowth so they're not no, seen. That would make them but more obvious. Some of these so-called professional cyclists with their fancy gear blend in with the background. Black blends in. It's almost like camouflage. Camouflage stops you being seen. I know what camouflage is, yes, but, uh, but also I do know that when I'm driving my car, I, I see right. cyclists. OK, well, I'm... I see dead I, people. I've been a motorcyclist all my life, and I cycle as well, and about a year ago in Henlow, I was sort of turning into a corner, and I nearly hit a cyclist who I didn't see, and, and yet I'm thinking, like the signs say, think motorcyclist, think cyclist. And ever since that day, I thought, my God, if he had had a high visibility vest on, I would have seen him. Fortunately, Maybe I... you were going too fast. No, 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 I was just turning around, doing about five mile an hour. No, I... OK, you think you see them. I, I've, I've you... definitely but, seen but... cyclists while I've been driving. I know that for a fact. Oh, of course, we all see cyclists, but you don't see all of them. But you would Gosh. if they wore high visibility vests. Make it the law. But let these professionals come in. Tell me why they don't wear them, one. And two, why they feel it's right to ro- cycle in three, four abreast, even round blind bends. Kerry, let's, let's put that out there. 08459 455 555 is the... I, I, I get the, um, don't ride three, three abreast. I find that very, very annoying. I do, but then again, I can understand why they would feel more protected if Tough. they're bigger. No. Uh, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Um, but I, I have... I, maybe, I, maybe there are cyclists I haven't seen then. Invisible cyclists. I don't get that. I see cyclists. But don't you think it gives them more of a chance if they've got a high vision? Oh, no, definitely. I, I, yes, they should, they should do as much as they can to be seen. Of course they should. I just don't get this argument that I don't see cyclists. I see them. Do I? Do you? Oh, do I? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 heading northbound, still closed at the moment between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 3 for Loudwater. We are seeing congestion now to Junction 1A for the M25 after a serious accident happened earlier on this morning. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, we're getting reports in of one lane being blocked at the moment between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and Junction 16, the M40, and that's all due to a broken down lorry there. Rather slow moving on the A40 London Road, heading northbound between Beaconsfield and High Wycombe. And on the trains, delays are up to about 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between Luton and St Pancras International, also affecting East Midland trains. Um, delays expected till around 9 o'clock this morning. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30. I'm Jane Killick. The international community is calling for an investigation into the shooting down of a Malaysia Airlines plane in eastern Ukraine with the loss of nearly 300 lives. Ukrainian officials say pro-Russian insurgents are responsible, an accusation denied by rebels.
There are calls for tougher penalties for drivers who kill cyclists. A freedom of information request by the BBC to all police forces found that a quarter of those convicted weren't banned from driving. Controversial roadworks in Hemel Hempstead that caused businesses to lose thousands of pounds have been branded a complete waste of money. This weekend, a street festival is being held in the Old Town for the official opening of the new high street. The weather, hot, humid and mainly sunny. Under sport and in cricket, Jeff Boycott claims Alistair Cook will never make it as a tactical captain after England let India off the hook in the second test at Lords. The tourists recovered from 145 for 7 to 290 for 9, with Boycott highly critical of England's short-pitched bowling and some of Cook's field placings. The early starters in the second round of the Open are facing rain and wind at Hoylake, which could bring some high scores this morning. Leader Rory McIlroy tees off this afternoon when conditions are set to improve. McIlroy is one shot ahead of Italy's Matteo Manassero and two ahead of a group that includes Adam Scott, Sergio Garcia and Jim Farouk. High Wycombe's Tyrell Hatton shot a three-over par round yesterday and was disappointed with one hole in particular. I just had one bad hole, I think it was on five. Uh, made triple there and it's a good birdie opportunity so um, yeah I let four shots go on the field there I think but apart from that I played okay my putter was really good hold quite a few par putts from like six seven feet but it got a little bit tricky on the back nine as the wind started to pick up Football. In last night's friendlies, Luton Town beat Hitchin 5-0. Striker Alex Wall scored a hat-trick and there were goals from Sean Wally and Mark Cullen. Borehamwood lost 3-1 at home to Brentford. In athletics, Milton Keynes long jumper Greg Rutherford has pulled out of the anniversary games in London this Sunday. It has a precaution to prepare for the Commonwealth Games. He also didn't compete at last weekend's Glasgow Grand Prix after suffering a knee problem in warm-up. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, we've been following the fortunes of traders in Hemel for more than a year now, where many have been blaming roadworks for a devastating uh, drop in trade. The controversial improvements were completed in May, seven months behind schedule. Well, this weekend, a street festival is being held to officially mark the opening of the new high street. Our reporter, Justin... Well, you were in Old Town this morning. You're back mm. in the studio. What happened? Uh, atmospheric problems, apparently, uh, oh. w- with the radio car. You've had a few texts as well. People saying, you're, you're a bit uh, mono in yeah. certain places. Back to mono, man. We're, we're, we're keeping it real. So you, you're joining the studio, which, mm. is, which is always slightly unsettling. <laughs> but this, this project has been beset by problems from the start, hasn't it? Oh, What's happened? The Old Town Hemel... I mean, th- these roadworks started last June. They were meant to finish in late October. Uh, they eventually finished in May. Uh, the way the project was sold to us was they were going to make the Old Town in Hemel, which is a very famous high street there, they were going to make it one way to improve traffic, but also to enable extra parking spaces so people could, could pop to the Old Town, they could park on the high street for an hour or so, and they could use the local businesses. Well, what happened was everyone thought the Old town was shut um so many people complained about the noise people just avoided the area yeah. so it became a ghost town so businesses there uh, they lost money we've heard reports of what 60 70 80 000 pounds um it was eventually finished in may and they're having this big street party tomorrow which is quite strange because it finished back in may okay it's all a bit weird but um, parking has been a problem there hasn't it it's been a major problem because as we mentioned um this was sold to us because they wanted to improve the parking to give extra spaces so people will go and use the businesses there, the local independent traders. Well, 
I was there yesterday talking to traders, and they said to me, these improvements have made absolutely no impact on their business at all. They are still losing money. It's still a ghost town. I parked my car yesterday in what I thought was a legitimate bay. I went to speak to businesses. When I came back out, there's a traffic warden right next to my car trying to put a ticket on my vehicle. You've heard from one business already this morning who says it's totally confusing. It's going to kill off trade even further. This is what happened when I spoke to the traffic warden. So I'm from the BBC. I want to ask you one quick question. Um, there's, there's a lot of confusion right now over parking. You tried to put a ticket on my vehicle. Somebody else has arrived here as well. You can make comment because it looks confusing. I'm employed by the... the I'm subcontracted to the local authority and I am not at liberty... You, you must speak to the local authority. OK, somebody else has made the same point as me there. It says no loading. Hang on, hang on one second. It says no loading. I'm not loading. I'm not loading. So, so why were you going to give me a ticket? I have nothing more to say. But why were you going to give me a ticket? I have nothing more to say. But why were you going to give me a ticket? I have nothing more to say. But why were you going to give me a ticket? I have nothing more to say. I wasn't loading. It says no loading. I wasn't loading. I parked my car here to come and see somebody in a business. This means no waiting. If you know your road signs, that means no waiting. Why doesn't it just say no parking here, then? It's totally confusing. Everyone's saying the same thing. Anymore about Do you not see what I'm saying, though? It's not me. I'm about to leave now, but you were trying to put a ticket on my vehicle when those signs are confusing. Madam, excuse me, can I ask you one quick question, Okay, I'm here on the Old Town. The parking here... That man there was going to give me a ticket. It says no loading at any time. I wasn't loading at all. Do you you see what I'm saying? Is it confusing? Very. I had the same problem myself when I came up. He's now writing me out a ticket. So I'm leaving in 30 seconds, Okay. Actually, last time I was here, not this man. Okay, I'm going to have to go because he's putting a ticket on my vehicle. But is that unfair? Yes or no? Yes, I saw a ticket warden waiting for the time to put a ticket on a car. Leave it to Thank you. So did you get a ticket? We don't know. Um, I eventually caught up with him about two minutes later and I said, can I ask you, have you given me a ticket in a sarcastic tone? Well, let's just see what comes in the post, shall we? And I said, have you given me a ticket? I need to know. Let's just wait and see. Uh, attitudes like that, well, I really find uh, very tedious. What did the locals have to say? Well, I thought I was being thick, uh, to, to be quite honest with you. But and, uh, yeah, well, many times y- in the past yes, you have been absolutely. thick. Absolutely, I hold my hands up to certain things, you know. But but on this particular occasion, I think I've got this one right. Uh, it's very very confusing. You can park for an hour. There's a loading bay, unloading bay. Then you can park again. Disabled bays that don't look like disabled bays. I spoke to locals in the old town. Here's what they had to say. Afternoon, sir. What's your name? Anosh. Is the parking confusing up here, or is it just me? Am I being stupid? Nah, you're not a stupid, but for all the customers for coming to our restaurant, they're getting fined every day. So all of your customers are getting tickets as tickets, well yeah. because... They're coming over time as well, 9, 9.30, yeah. even, even though Sunday as well, the traffic warden, they're coming on Sunday. So it's not day. just me, your customers are also confused, they're getting parking tickets, yes. and that long-term could affect your business? I think so. I think the council, they're making... Good money now. Very confusing. Um, they do it all up so it looks lovely and you can't stop to enjoy it anywhere. And the traffic warden tried to get you as well, didn't he? Well, yeah. It says um, no loading, doesn't say no parking. And the yellow sign says no waiting. So why don't they just say no parking? 
Well, I actually find myself in a hairdresser's now. In terms of, of what you're telling your customers, are you telling your customers to be careful because the parking is so confusing here? Yes, we are. Yeah, we're, try we're telling them to try not to park and just to use the actual main car parks. It's really that bad. It's not just me, it's really that bad. It's really that bad, yeah. Yeah, it needs to be signposted properly. I think they would have been better off doing and maybe a parking meter, like a pay and display thing. I think that would have been the best thing to do because it is totally confusing. Yeah, It is at the moment, I think. People have got to get used to it. And it's sort of, you don't know what's pavement and what's road as well in some of the places. People getting angry about it? I've heard a few um, choice words, yes. <laughs> Well, we did ask to speak to Terry Duris, who I met, <coughs> excuse me, in the week, and uh, uh, he's responsible for highways at Hearts County Council, um, but uh, we were told he wasn't available again, second time he's been unavailable recently, so let's instead speak to Councillor Andrew Williams, the leader of Decorum Borough Council, who are responsible for enforcing parking restrictions in the Old Town. Andrew, it's confusing there. Um, well, listening to your report, uh, you get the impression it is, but the, the, every every bay on the high street is marked, um, telling people where where the restrictions are and what the limit is in that bay. So why are all um, the businesses and, and the, the people that, that may or may not be going there finding it confusing? Then are they stupid? No, I think there's been some confusion around the the bus stop. Obviously, the the high street is a restricted zone, and that makes it different to normal parking restrictions in the sense that there are no yellow lines. Um, so you, when you can only park where it tells you you can park rather than where it tells you you can't park. Um, there has been some confusion, I guess, listening to your report there, um, around the, the bus stop, which but which now has uh, three signs telling you that it's no loading, no waiting. There's, no, there's, there's, no, bus bus that, there's no bus that works that route, is there? No. We, Why we, have you got a bus stop there? The intention, because it's a chicken and egg situation. We, we just debated this when we designed the scheme. Um, with the idea of putting in a bus stop and, and, trying, and in trying to encourage buses, which previously refused to run up the high street because of the dangerous parking, uh, to encourage buses to come back to the high street. How's that having, going? When can, when can we expect a bus route there? Well, I think we, ha we, we have to find an operator prepared to, to reroute their buses to do so. Have you not Obviously, spoken to any, have you spoken to we, any we operators? Have, and what have, what have, what have they well, said? At the moment, we haven't got a positive response, but, it's, but it, I think if we remove the bus stop, uh, we remove the opportunity. I think we have to give it some time to... How long, how long, Andrew, will you give it uh, before you remove the bus stop? I think you need to give it a good 12 months. A year? Yep. How many bus companies have you spoken to? I, I, I've left, that has been done by a passenger transport unit at Hampshire County Council, so I don't have... Because there can't that, be that, that thought, uh, How many bus companies are there that run air, routes around that area? There can't be that many, can there? There are, there are two or three bus operators who run routes in Hemel, but primarily they are run by Arriva. So, so basically Arriva have said no? Well, it would require them to reroute existing routes, and that normally takes some time for them to do replanning. So, so they've said know, no. Arriva, the bus they, company in the area, have said no, and you're they, going to keep they, the bus stop there for a year. Yep, I think I think we have to we have to keep the opportunity. I mean, not only is not only buses, it could be used for for tourism and, and coaches to stop there and unload and unload. I think it is important um, as we go forward that we have. Um, that we have an opportunity for public transport to use the high street. And Andrew. it's also the case, it's also the case that the, the number of parking bays available in the Old Town are rarely full, and there are 20-odd on-street, one-hour, free-to-use bays. Does that not worry um, you that they're rarely full? Because the, 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 the point was it was supposed to attract more people absolutely. to the, 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 right. the, the Old and Town, and if they're rarely full, that would imply it's not working. Well... So there has been relaunched. I think it is getting better. I think people are getting more used to the restrictions. The figures we have show that the number of tickets being issued, which, contrary to your report, are relatively small, 
um, are decreasing. You know, on average, we're only issuing 1.7 tickets a day over May and June. My, my, Justin Dealey, a reporter, is here. Justin, you want to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, good luck for tomorrow with the street party. We're Thank trying you. to encourage people to, to go back to the old town because you made lots of mistakes during the roadworks. Businesses there have lost thousands of pounds. Now it all looks fantastic. People are being put off going to the old town because of the parking restrictions. It's not just the locals, but it's the businesses as well. They're all saying it's totally confusing. You should be celebrating this right now, trying to get people to go back. People aren't going to go back because it's too confusing and it's putting them off. Surely that must concern you. It does concern me, but the, the people are not finding it clear. We have marked every bay and we've gone over and above the required signage. I know I listened to your commentary there and, and what's the interpretation of no, no loading and no waiting, but they are standard Department of Transport approved signs. Why are we, the can't businesses, include, we can't include a sign that says no parking. Why, are the, businesses, why are the businesses finding it so confusing then? I'm not sure why. I mean, if, you, if you're there on a daily basis, um, you know, these signs, there are every single bay, as you will have seen when you're so there, is signed. And this is not this is not an unusual. There are other towns in Hertfordshire which have exactly the same schemes as this. So the shopkeepers are um, thick. No, I don't think they're thick. I think it's you know, I, I think it does take some getting used to. They're obviously getting complaints from their customers, but the figures show us that a the number of penalty t- tickets is reducing, and it, and the perception that we're issuing you know dozens of tickets a day is simply not the reality. If uh, if it doesn't work and people are still confused and people are still staying away, would you reconsider changing the signage? We can only change the signage if the Department of Transport gives approval because the signage that is there um, is the approved signage for enforcement. So if we, can't, if we changed it to something that, different wording, it wouldn't be legally compliant and we wouldn't be able to enforce okay. it. OK, what about this then? Next week, Andrew, um, you come with me to the Old Town and we'll take a walk along the Old Town. We'll talk to businesses, we'll talk to local people and we'll explore those signs and then you can make some sort of decision off the back. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't know when the last time you were there, but um, I've been there twice in the last couple of weeks. Every single person that I'm talking to is moaning about the signs. Would you come with me next week to take a look? I will be able to do it at some stage. Next week is start of school holiday, so I'm not available next week, I'm the afraid. The week after that? Uh, um, yeah, I can do okay, something. OK, well, the rain's up the week is, after that, well, Andrew. What, what I'm saying to you is the Decorum Borough Council is the enforcer, but we're not, okay. the, 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 we're not the traffic authority, and we can't change the signs. OK, well, let, well let, listen, why don't you go up with, with uh, Justin in a couple of weeks and have a look at that. The Street Festival tomorrow, uh, Andrew, when is that happening, and, and, and what are you expecting to have there? Well, we have... Um, to a combined event tomorrow to launch this on the, on the positive side. From 1pm, we have a, a street festival for um, up and down the high street stalls, businesses involved, entertainment, being opened at 1 o'clock by, by the Rock Choir and, and Mike Penning. Um, and combined with that, we have a, a folk festival from, from the Old Town Hall, celebrating the Old Town Hall. So two combined events, um, which will fill the high street with entertainment and activity for the whole of the afternoon. Well, let's hope it works, because I know that a lot of businesses are struggling, Andrew, and uh, when we've spoken to one today that may have considered having to close his business at Christmas if it doesn't pick up. Fingers crossed that this has all been worthwhile. Justin, excellent stuff. Thank, Thank you, you very much indeed. 08459 555555. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
the M40 looking very slow at the moment and it's closed at the moment between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 3 for Loudwater due to this accident that happened earlier on this morning. Uh, the M40 London bound stretch also looking rather slow on camera as well now at the moment. Um, looking for slow on the A40 London road heading northbound between Beaconsfield and High Wycombe and taking a look in Boreham Wood queuing on the Barnet bypass heading southbound between Barnet Lane and Mill Hill Circus. Still seeing disruption on First Capital Connective up to about 20 minutes between Luton and St Pancras International, also affecting East Midland trains as well, and that's all due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.47, these are your headlines. There are international calls for an investigation into the shooting down of an airliner over Ukraine with the death of almost 300 people. Only a quarter of drivers convicted for killing cyclists on the road are sent to jail. And the revamp of Hemel Hempstead Old Town is being branded a waste of money ahead of a festival this weekend. Let's get the weather. Here's Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, I just came off the phone with uh, someone out in Buckinghamshire saying it is absolutely tipping it down. We've had another line develop of storms, which is right across Buckinghamshire now, but it's stretching up towards Hertfordshire as well, and it's going to track into uh, all of us in the next little while. So some more uh, torrential weather around just now. It is a pretty narrow line, though, and it is clearing away, and then we are looking at uh, a lot of, as I say, dry, hot and sunny weather with a top temperature today somewhere up close to 30 Celsius. Uh, Somewhere may even get 30. 31, possibly 32 degrees somewhere in our three counties. That's at 90 in Fahrenheit. And then we'll start to see those torrential thunderstorms making their way back in from the south again. Uh, we start to run the risk of some of them late afternoon, but then the bulk of them tracking across us as we go through this evening and overnight. We start with them tomorrow morning. At this stage, it looks like we may have a slight drier interlude before they start to kick off again in the early part of the afternoon. And again, some torrential downpours likely to come through as we head towards tomorrow evening and then overnight into Sunday we continue to run the risk of them we do have a Met Office weather warning in force for tomorrow, there will be drier interludes but when you catch these thunderstorms they'll be heavy and torrential between them a top temperature tomorrow of 28 Celsius slowly things improving through the weekend still the risk of some showers on Sunday uh, but by Monday things will be drier Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me, being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds, hearts and bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners, they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited. In fact, they may never have heard of. And also, they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. That is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio. And the weather for beds, hearts and bucks. Tomorrow, wet and uh, wet and wet, basically. Top temperature, 9 degrees Celsius. BBC Three Counties News, it's five past five. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Slam it to the left if you're having a good time. Swing it to the right if you know that you feel fine. Freak out! Yeah. Oh, Hold tight. I forgot the word. I forgot the words. Uh-huh. I forgot the words to all the Spice Girl okay, songs. Harry, I'll try How could you? Call back. What about to become one? I like to become one because the night is the night when to become one. What do they mean? 
I need your love like I never needed love before. I'm gonna make love oh, to. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That got a bit so quiet, though, didn't it? Pre watershed. Put it on. Put it on. The telly. Put the telly on, isn't it? Quick. Or the supper. Stop right now. Oh, thank you very much. I need somebody with a human touch. What's that about? That's about um, someone who has uh, had a very painful relationship with an alien. (laughs) And now they want to have it with a human being. Uh, Kev's in Northampton. Morning, Kev. Hey, morning, Ian. Who needs music when we've got uh, you to listen to, eh? Exactly. I am, but this this is what I've been saying for years. I am better than music. Hey, I'm well excited, Kev. I'm on Twitter, and I hate Twitter. It's full of idiots, right? But, 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 yesterday, what a rock and roll hero. Get this, Kath. Yesterday, a rock and roll hero started following me <gasps> on Twitter. Alvin Stardust. No. What era? 60s. Oh, are they still alive? Yeah. And on Twitter? Yeah. Wow. Um, what nationality? Marty Wilde. British. Marty Wilde. Prop, no, a proper legend. He's a legend. Uh, and he's local. Right, I'll give you a clue. OK. He's Is it from Legend? Um, one of the Davises? Was it Stone? Ray Davis. The other one? Someone else from the King. Reg. Dave Davis. Dave Davis, Kev. Yeah. Kev? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no offence, Ian, but you sounded more like a Dalek then. Oh! No, I didn't. I sounded like Dave Davis inventing heavy metal in his mum's living room in uh, Muswell Hill, North London. I was well excited <laughs> by that. Dave Davis of the Kinks follows me on Twitter. The pressure Brilliant. is on. I'm now followed, right? Get this. I'm followed by Dave Davis. I'm followed by a monkey. I'm followed by an Olympic champion. And I'm followed by um, Lisa Faulkner. I'm right. hobnobbing with the stars, guys. Which one's Lisa Faulkner? She's the um, lady who was um, an actress, and now she's a cook. Oh. Now she's a cook. Is it too late to admit that I follow you as well? Do you follow me? Yeah. Well, who? Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Who? Who are you? Me. I'm Kev. No, I know. No, yeah, I got that. Uh, uh, who are you in the world of Twitter? Uh, Kev Daly. Kev Daly. You've messaged me, haven't you? Yeah, Kev yeah, I have. Kev Daly? Kev, no, Kev... Daly. Hang on, I'm, oh. I'm going to find... I'm going to get up his Twitter I'm feed. Looking we, we're looking. So you've got some pictures. Here we go. Um, you're, you're, you're an alien. Yeah, I could oh, be. Oh, look at you. You're a bit You're a bit political. Look at you. You're yeah. political. Has been known. Oh, look at you. You're, I'm followed by someone who's political. Oh, he don't follow me. Yeah, he wouldn't follow you, would he? Oh. he follows me, innit? Because I'm the show. I'm better than music. You certainly are a show. Get out of it. Uh. Well, Kev, I appreciate your following, and if I've sent you any abuse on Twitter, well, you know what? You probably deserved it. What have you got for us this morning? I nearly got took out by a cyclist today. Sorry? I nearly got out by a Oh, no, we're losing your phone signal just as we're getting to the point about what you called in for. Oh, hold on, hold on a second. There we go. There's lots uh, lots of atmospherics today. Because of the electricity in the air. That's why Justin Dealey was... Oh. I nearly got took out by uh, a cyclist today. Tell me what happened, was riding on the pavement, no hands. He uh, had no hands? No, well, he no hands on the steering wheel. He wasn't using the, his hands, OK. The, no, he wasn't. No. But he was using his hands for something else. He was busy texting. Oh, no. Really? Really. 
And I tell you what, when he stopped turning in and, and going across the front of him, he had enough time to nearly drop his phone. I wish he had. Um, nearly drop his phone, um, slam his hands on the brakes, swerve out of the way, and then... Hold on. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin, sorry, right. are, are we interrupting? Yeah, sort of. Oh. But, um, no, he had enough time to stick the finger up at me as well. So I got abuse. Oh dear. Okay, this is okay, cyclist. Here's the deal, right? Don't use your mobile phones. Don't wear headphones. That's a really good start. And the same goes for drivers as well. I don't want this to be a one-sided thing. But headphones and, and mobile phones. When you're on a bike, when you're in a, for goodness' sake, stop it. Stupid. Don't use that word. Silly. Kev, thank you very much indeed, and thank you for the uh, the Twitter love. Try not to use the word stupid because my boys use it, and we don't like it. It's not a very nice word. So uh, silly is, uh, I think, perhaps the uh, best. What happened? The phones are really busy and now there's no phone calls. We've got loads. It's just very little time. Well, We're picking our favourites... Uh, not favourites, that's wrong. But we're picking um, the ones who called in in order. And okay. you're still answering. But, yeah, well, but why aren't they up now, then? They are. Fader one is Harriet. Morning, Harriet. Morning. I'm dealing with plums. Oh, you sound a bit. You sound even squeaker than normal. Have you got a cold? A uh, bit of one. Oh dearie, dearie me! I'll go and have uh, go and rub some Vicks on your chest. Don't have time. I've got to be in work for half past nine. Oh blimey! You better be quick on the phone then. <laughs> what have you got for us? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you to you because you really cheered me up yesterday morning. Oh. Because um, well, there, I... there was a road accident on the on the route I usually take. Oh blimey. And we had to go off on this huge, great big diversion. I was like, oh, God, I'm never going to get into work. And I would have got totally upset. Yeah. But you were just making me smile and laugh the whole way. So well, as, as Daz just said, I'm better than music. <laughs> Imagine being better than music. I love it, right, when I get followed on, on, on or I see people on Twitter that are big stars, like Dave Davis from The Kinks or David mm-hmm. Crosby from Crosby, Stills, Nash, right? Mm-hmm. And I have more followers than them. I'm bigger than David Crosby. <laughs> I'm bigger than the birds. Anyway, I'm, I'm speaking a foreign language to you. What, you. what do you want to say, Harriet? Um, on, the, on the whole bike car thing... Yes. Um, I, I just think it's really silly that pe- road users can't just respect each other because I'm a cyclist and I'm a motorist, yeah. and when I'm driving, I keep an eye out for cyclists because I'm extra aware of them because I am one. Yeah. And, you know, I make sure I leave enough room for them to come up the side. Yeah, so do And I. when I'm cycling, I'm aware of cars, and I try and make sure to check for cars before I pull out or something. Yeah. Because otherwise that annoys them. So it's just, you know, respecting each other, really, isn't it? Well, it is. And Harriet, and I don't mean to say... I hope this doesn't sound flippant. Yeah. First of all, that's true. And yes, we should respect each other on the roads. But also, and again, I, I genuinely mean this, can't we take that philosophy to Gaza and Israel? Can't we... We're all We're all human beings. Can't we all respect each other? Well, I think the trouble is, we're all human beings, but then you've got politicians. Oh, yeah. And oh. I think that's where the problem is. Yeah, I think you could be right. Harry- put a class of um, five-year-olds in in government, and I think we'll be fine. Uh, do, do you know what? There could be something in there. Harry, I'm going to let you go, because I've been told that we've got loads of phone calls okay. coming up. have a great day, Ian. Thank you very much, Harriet. Right, Harriet's gone. Let's get the next phone calls up. We had loads of phone calls, I was just told, so <sighs> let's see. Well, we thought that Harriet was going to be... Longer. It- she, you know she's tiny. I know, and I didn't realise she had to go out at half past nine, but be there by half past nine. So we, right, I've got one ready. we had loads of calls, people phoning up, right? Do you know what happens? They go to work, and it's two minutes now to nine o'clock. Who's on? Who's and this? People are busy. Who's this? It's going to be someone interesting. Hi, can you tell us a story about Ray Davis? 
step. And familiar. Don't worry, stay on the line. Yeah, who's this? Oh, hello? Oh. Hello? Got me an elephant falling down the stairs, have you? Hello? Hello? Who's on the phone? Y- you! What? Hello? Lynn? Lynn? Lynn! Hello? Yeah, we're out of time now. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 heading northbound close at the moment between Junction 2 at Beaconsfield and Junction 3 for Loudwater. This is following an accident that happened earlier on. Seeing queues now to Junction 1A for the M25. Taking a look at so far and Farnham Commons queuing on the on Collingswood Road. I used to live there! Northbound. <laughs> I'm excited where I grew up. It was mentioned on the radio. It's exciting. I nearly had a heart attack. Um, between one you, you had a heart attack. Listen, I got excited. Oh. You mentioned Farnham Common. I used to live there on Forge Drive. Anyway, hurry up. We're running out of time. That delays about 20 minutes on First Capital Connects between Luton and St Pancras International. That's following an earlier signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much indeed. New podcast coming up. JVS is on next from us till Monday. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, what should Britain do if it turns out Russia shot the plane down? The 